What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Red Chill, your weekly one-stop shop for everything movies, TV, pop culture, and anything in between. I'm your host, Root by Root. With me, the Darth Vader to my Palpatine, my co-host, Shabzi. What's good, my man? What's up, 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 what's up? Welcome. This is Andor Recapped and Reviewed, where we will recap and review every episode of Andor Season 1, scene by scene, and we will go into a deep dive with our personal thoughts and our opinions. A little bit of speculating and anything we can think of. Anyways, we are at episode 8, Nakina 5, released on October 26th. Written by Bo Willimon, where I think he's your man from uh, Black Mirror, but I also saw he did a lot of House of Cards. Yeah. No, actually, it's the director that's uh, Black Mirror, isn't it? Anyways, that while we're Toby talking Haynes, about yeah. him. Back, yeah. back to Toby Haynes. Well, exactly. Toby Haynes is back directing, back from episode yes. one, two, three. And I saw he's mainly done British TV, actually, besides the mm -hmm. Black Mirror. He did a little bit of Utopia, which I thought was a pretty cool show. But I think it got canceled after one season. Uh, but which, and funny, even the... Sorry, yeah, sorry Funny enough, it's a, it's a British show that they remade for Amazon Prime in America. <laughs> so actually, he oh. went from doing Doctor Who and Sherlock to doing a remake of a British show. So, yeah. Oh. But that's cool. Yeah, I was going to say that the next three, dire uh, the director for the next three episodes has also only mostly done British TV, so. Yeah, and I think I saw the two-part finale is the same director that did last week's episode. So that mm. should be interesting, maybe. The guy who did Darren Brown. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for the Darren Brown uh, cameo. It has to happen. <laughs> it has to happen. Anyways. Before we go into the deep dive, let's give our personal thoughts and opinion. A little bit spoiler-free. Chaps, what did you think of episode 8? I would have to say this was maybe the most um, lackluster episode for me. It was still really, really good on par with the quality of the show. But as far as all the episodes, it kind of reminded me of episode 2. But the thing with episode 2 was that firstly, I think it was like 15 minutes uh, this is 15 minutes longer and in episode 2 it was still episode 2 so you still were very new to the show and you were like giving it a chance to see where it's gonna go and where it's gonna and it obviously paid off but this one it kind of just felt like I don't know it could have been like 20 minutes maybe 15 minutes shorter and uh, it was there was just a lot of stuff in there that I was just kind of bored by to be honest and I normally like all the talky stuff as as people call it but uh yeah, I was just kind of bored by this. I I feel like it was it was a little too depressing and a, and a little too monotonous, and I think that was the point. But it, at the same time, it was that. So I, I I I didn't feel any. There was just one or two scenes where I was like, "Wow, okay, that's the show I wanted to see. Like that's the show that I've been watching all this time." So yeah. So oh yeah, we'll we'll give her ratings later. That is really interesting because I actually still love this episode because of the really? new location and everything they did with it. Mm -hmm. Had me very excited because I'm sitting here speculating of what the next episode is going to be and what I hope it's going to be. And after what we got with the action scene and the, the scene in the town and the finale of the first three episodes and then the heist of, on in episode six, I'm very excited to see what happens next episode with everything they've set up so far. 
Uh, I agree that at the end there was an amazing scene that really, I don't know, really pulled me in quite a bit and mm -hmm. had me think about a lot of things in terms of just Star Wars, the universe as a whole. And yeah, like I said, I, I get the depressing vibe, but yeah, I think it was a, a point. It was very dystopian. It reminded me mm -hmm. of think like dystopian futures they depicted in movies yeah. in the, the 40s, 50s and stuff like that. So yeah, overall, I, I still enjoyed it. I'm still very much interested in what's going on. Could it, it could have been shorter maybe, but I think in the end... I, it's 53 I, minutes long. I actually think right now I can't think of anything that I would want cut. There's maybe things you could trim, but overall, I, yeah. I, I don't think there's any scene that I wasn't invested in because of one reason or another. But mm -hmm. yeah, we'll get into all of that in the spoilers. Meantime, let's yes. give it a rating and then we'll see what's next. So what do you think, Chaps? I'm going to I'm gonna go with, uh, I think I'm going to go with 7.5. All right, that's fair. It's the first below eight episode that I've, which is ironic because it's episode eight, actually. I just, I just realized that. <laughs> see, um, I was hovering at an eight, but I will give it an 8.5 just because of the final scene. Oh. And because of what it has me excited for. If it g gives me the payoff that I'm hoping it has set up, it's totally an 8.5 because I get it again. It, it's a small little movie and uh, we needed this episode for the next one to work if they give us what I expect. But anyways, okay. um, let's get into the spoiler section. Any overall thoughts before we get into the breakdown? Anything you want to point out? Uh, no, I think everything's going to be in spoiler full review. All right, cool. Then let's get into it. Let's do our scene by scene breakdown. Chaps, let's take it away. It. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Recap. Bop, All right. Bop, bop. Bop, bop. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we start off with... Uh, sh should I start off with the recap? Can I just say a few things about just like some things that I liked or did not like? Yeah, that's what I meant when uh, I said yeah. if you have anything before the recap to share with everybody. Right, right, right. Let us know. It, it, it We're in the spoiler section be... now, everyone. Okay, yes. yeah. So firstly, I was, um, I just wanted to mention just going back to the person who wrote it. Uh, firstly, it's weird that this isn't because all the first six episodes have been three and three so and the writer director has continued that arc this is the first one where it's like they changed the writer director for episode seven and then they brought back a guy from the first one and they got this new guy and the funny thing about it is i looked him up and he's nominated for an oscar for a movie he did called ides of march with ryan gosling and i read the synopsis and it's all about dirty politics and I was like, oh, okay, that makes so much more sense because I was thoroughly bored about a lot of the, not about, like, just, I don't mind it, but it was just too much, like, social commentary about politics and about politics. And, and I was just, yeah, we'll, we'll get more into that when we're in the recap. And I, I just wanted to mention that. But for me, what I liked about that was it was politics in Star Wars. They're showing us, again, new avenues in Star Wars that we haven't seen and we haven't really seen an imperial prison. And the last time we heard of a prison, it was like during the Republic era, like hundred era, hundreds mm. of years ago. So just seeing mm. 
and it not being the stereotypical like riffing on the American prison or like a rundown place. It was very much, it felt in Star Wars because it was very unique to it in its own style where I was saying it gave that dystopian vibe where they could have gone a lot of yeah. different ways. But like the the fact that they went with the sterile route where literally the Imperials just step away and let everybody work for themselves. And we'll get into that as well. But I think my speculation was what are they building? You know, it could be the Death Star. Yeah. Because oh, the right. desk, you always bring up schedule. The schedule came up again in this episode. Schedule. And uh, this time, like the Death Star is always behind schedule. Maybe they're just laying the subliminal message that, yeah, probably, like what else would they be building? Probably they're behind and right. Palpatine the, put out a decree that like we need more people working on this thing, which would work together with why more people are getting imprisoned and yeah, I think that overall is, it's all really cool, again, uh, for me. I, right. I really like just learning more about the ongoings in the universe. So, okay, so we'll, I'll, I'll get more into why um, I, didn't, I didn't like, like I liked all that part, but we'll get more into that, I guess. Uh, I, like, let's, let's start the recap first. All right. Uh, let's all right, so let's do it. Let's, uh, so we start at, where um everyone was detained earlier which was um wait once again my bad my bad guys yeah okay so we're we're somewhere and he's being trans there all there's prisoners that are that were detained that are being transported out to other prisons i assume this is still space miami this is a continuation of miami of the oh right, the right continuation right, right. of the last scene yeah. where last time he got sentenced yeah. And he is, it's probably like right after he was being dragged away. Right. Okay. And so the, literally when it starts, I had my first issue because what's, what's one of the things I've applauded about the show is the fact that they've been able to integrate like all, all different kinds of social commentary within their story without having the story, like not at the story's expense. And the first shot here is all the detainees are all non-white. Literally all of them. The only white person is like Parsi looking because they make sure that he has the cultural uh, uh, clothes and the and the the hat. And and I just I was just like, it well, it, it made I don't know. It was it was just way too on the nose. And I thought that maybe it would get better o over time. But once they get onto Narkina Five, it's literally the same thing. All the guards that come out are all white. There's one Asian guard in the back. But I think this uh, is yeah. actually like it's on purpose because the empire is mainly white and a couple of brown guys. When the one a couple of straight uh, African Americans, but generally when you think of the empire, it's all white people, so they would probably discriminate. And at the very end, Saw Gerrera mentioned mentions four factions, and one of them is the Partisan Alliance, which we don't really know what it is. It was mentioned by Cassian before, but you would assume. Mm -hmm. Those are people like the the KKK or something that are trying to separate the everybody, and they would have probably some right. really strong opinions on who goes where. And if that is a thing in the rebellion, it would definitely be a thing in the empire. And again, I think it goes beyond them just trying to do social commentary for what's going on in our world. I think it's them trying to explain what is it like to live in 
a world where the empire is in control? Why why is it so important for the rebellion and the Jedi to get rid of the empire? We've only mainly heard it in the main movies, but now we get to see that unless you're rich, you're going to be fucked. Like where there's no way out. The empire is going to get you. Where even with Cass being on a planet like Space Miami, where everybody's partying and it's a good time, that he still ends up in prison because if he he only has the choice, if he doesn't join the rebellion, he's going to be in prison. And they're using it to show how the rebellion is slowly building, especially in prison. You slowly see there is already that happening. There's already ideology starting and people starting to rebel to the empire. And I think overall, I think it's gone beyond now of it being, yeah, just riffing on our life. It's more about let's go into what has been spoken about throughout Star Wars, but let's show what does it even mean? Like, why is everybody so much against the empire? Like, how are they controlling everybody? Why is life so terrible? Why is it that there's no escape wherever you go? You're going to get taken by the empire and you either are going to be with the rich folk and you have to put on a face and it seems like even their people are not happy or you're going to end up in prison as a poor person on the, you know, like working for the empire as a, as a cog in the machine where you're not even a human being anymore, where you're just a number, you know? And again, like for that, like, I, I feel like I, that's why I didn't even notice that it, to be honest, but now when you, a lot but when you mention it, like, I feel like I've noticed these other themes going on. So I feel like that just goes right into what I've been, I was seeing this episode very much so. My only issue was, firstly, what I wanted to also, let's just piggyback off of the, the fact that you mentioned we've only heard about the empire and how bad it is and stuff like that. I noticed that one thing, especially from the last episode where it's like stormtroopers throughout whatever we've watched, we've just known that they're bad guys because they're bad guys and they've usually come off very goofy. And we're like, why is every, why are the rebellion so scared of these goofy guys in costumes, right? And now it's like we finally understand like why people are scared and hate them at the same time when you see them just being such like assholes to everyone. And you're like, oh, okay, okay. Now I understand why people have like this super hate and super and, and a lot of them are just straight up scared of them where where it's not just like goofy guys in costumes just being security guards. So uh, that that's one thing I, I, I've noticed as well that, that the shows were very... Uh, done really well but my again my only issue was not the fact that they they have all this like all this i actually like that they've and i've actually said that i've liked it throughout the episodes my thing is like this one episode felt like it was way too on the nose which is which is not which is very atypical to how the show has gone so far where they've talked about all these things but it's all like perfectly integrated in into the story but here it felt like they wanted to talk about the social commentary more than the story itself so all the scenes were designed to show that rather than have the story move along and then have all these things a part of their world that, that so was my main issue it, a lot me, of it felt like two on the nose i read all of that as them explaining us how the empire works this was a big episode for us to understand how the empire works and at, at the very end them letting us know why the rebellion is building and where it's at at this point. Um, it make, gives it so much more importance where by the time you see Luthen and Saw talk to each other, 
you already have understood how terrible it is. Where even, there, yeah, we'll get to the other uh, things they've done where it, it is showing the oppression of the empire throughout. Right. And then also, I think in the prison itself, wasn't it a lot of white guys? No, it, uh, no, but uh, I think there was a lot of white guys, but I'm just like, it's more like you don't have to show it in these moments where it felt like, I don't know, it just felt like they were like trying to make it so obvious where it's like, hey, look guys, these uh, the, there's the illegal detainees and, and they're all non-white and you don't expect that on the Star Wars universe where there's aliens and all these other kind of species. So where you would you would you would think that 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 kind of stuff would would not be that much of a relevance to because they've shown so many other white people under oppression within like especially Morlana and all this stuff. But yeah. So let me give you another argument. What is if it's okay. because of Space Miami? What is if in Space Miami everybody's colored? Because who? What, how many white people have we seen there okay, besides yeah. the Empire? All right. Even Cassian All at right. the beginning was with a colored girl. Right. So okay. that's why on Space Miami, everybody's colored. But then once we get to the prison, it's much more mixed. Okay, I'll buy that. That's fine. You know? And and that actually, I was going to talk about this later. But that's actually one of the things I wanted to really, really talk about. Was the fact that I wish this episode, we spent, so we spent almost the whole time of Cass on Narkina 5, right? I yeah. wish that whole thing could have been half of the episode and we could have spent, instead of him getting uh, caught last episode, I wish last episode would have ended with him just being in Miami and just chilling, where you end on a high note, where after all this six, seven episodes of like craziness and depressing and like a lot of crazy stuff, where he's come back and now he's had to, there was a lot of emotional stuff when he's leaving Morlana, he's leaving Marva, he's leaving Bix. It was really, really emotional. And you're like, okay, now he's he's paid off all his debts, he's done all the heists, and he's in Miami just chilling. That yeah. would have been the perfect end to episode seven. And then you mentioned that, like, because that was the worst part for you for episode seven, just the way how it, how jumbled up it was. Yeah, I totally agree. So imagine... I think... I think you're totally right with that one. Uh, that would, totally would have helped it. It would have given it a nice yeah. little kickoff to the beginning of this episode. And exactly. like I said, it would have left the other episode with you thinking everything's okay. And then you get the whiplash of the next episode starting like how the other episode ended this time. Yeah. So I think you're exactly. totally right there. So like, it was like, for me, it was like a lot of the stuff we saw with him in the prison. All those scenes could have literally, if you're going to have an episode be 53 minutes long, you could easily trim out some of the things that were really not needed. Those are the only things I felt like that were the writers really wanted to shove in their political writing rather than be like, okay, this is not, this can be cut out, you know, this so, so that the pacing is much better. So I think like a lot of that stuff, if it was trimmed out and we start off with Cass on Miami chilling, okay, and then we just see him a little bit get integrated. We get to see that the Miami is fill up, full fill off full of uh, international uh, different colored people. And then we think, oh, this is going to be him chilling in Miami. He's going to get into some kind of an adventure here. And he gets caught out of the blue. And then suddenly, because we, we're thinking like, oh, he's going up, he's going up. This is good. And then there's a full drop. And now we see him in this crazy, monotonous, 
cold prison and he has to do the same thing over and over again but and that would be such a huge contrast from him just chilling in miami getting laid let's get through the the other scenes i think we'll have some really right. different reads on it <laughs> right. okay all right so so yeah so he gets sent to narkina 5 and everybody you see everybody's get getting new planet brand new planet and i really like that they're cool. introducing planets uh slowly slowly not like a lot like they've introduced a bunch of planets now but someone like me can also uh un- like under know what's going on because they, they didn't all shove it all at once and then we get to it cuts right to you said the it's really cool looking planet like grand and it cuts right to cyril in his cubicle and this like cold environment basically his and own little just, prison where we see yeah, him later exactly. even in a smaller room in another prison where you can see yes. that even when you're working for the empire it's just like being in prison yeah and yeah that's perfect and we see Jake Gyllenhaal come over with two guys then the stop over at his thing and then we get onto the ship that um Cass is on with other prisoners going on to Narkina 5 that uh prison looked like the raft from Avengers that's the yeah. prison where the Avengers go in the water. It also looked a little bit like yeah. the, the the fortress from the Inquisitors in Obi-Wan, which is like, mm. I guess, I wonder if that was just like another water planet or I guess the Empire maybe just likes water as a easy defense. Although that didn't work. Yeah, it could be. It could be. The heist. <laughs> I, I just called it, I just called it uh, Space Alcatraz. <laughs> yeah, for me, I, I wrote down the raft. <laughs> <laughs> I have it in my notes as Space Alcatraz. <laughs> and uh yeah, b- background music I I noted that it's very it's become it's gone back to very like old school Blade Runner with all the I don't know what the instruments are called. But... It's a synth bass that's ha- playing. Synth, and, yes, yes, that's And it it make me think again of these old dystopian movies. They also were very heavily synth based. Right. There's actually it kind of reminded me it's uh th- there's uh, George Lucas's first movie THX 1138 mm. literally like his first movie. It was right. Actually about that about like a prison where everybody wore wore white jumpsuits and they all had numbers really? and there's long white hallways. So maybe it was like an homage to that actually. Could be, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah that, that that's true. But also I think that like what you mean is like all the dystopian stuff. I think that could also be an influence of the 80s and the like because mm-hmm. a lot of those movies did come out around that time when synth music was popular with the neon stuff and or I guess yeah. that's more 90s late 80s. Well, but I think that that may have something to do with it. It was even 70s and before with mm. Kubrick and uh with uh like the Logan's <laughs> Run. Exactly. I was thinking Log- that's what I was trying to think of. That's totally like right. Logan's Run. It's like full on Logan's yeah. Run. Yeah. Right. No 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 now that I think of it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah. And then uh, um, they have handcuffs on. Oh, and they're they're told to take off their shoes. And uh, they have handcuffs on, which get like sucked into the thing and they get locked. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. yeah and and they, I, I like, take, yeah. I, I generally like all the looks of Cassian throughout the episode. He looks so Cassian freaked looked, out. Yeah. Cassian looked like. We've seen him go through so much crazy shit and not blink even once. And here he was, uh, that's, I wrote that where I was like, this is the first time we see him truly out of his element 
where it's like, oh my God, he's actually scared. I got a little bit of the feeling like it was giving him a flashback to being in prison before. It was kind of, it could have been a look of, holy shit, I'm, I'm back here. I know what this is like. I've done three years of this, you know. Right. Or maybe it was like, he's, he's, I don't think, I think he just seemed like he's never seen a prison like this. That could be it too. You know, where, where he's just like, where am I? Like I've been, I've been in wars, heist. Well, not wars. He lied about that, but I've seen wars as a cook, <laughs> but I've like, you know, I've gone through so much shit and this seems like, I'm like truly f like, I, I don't think I can, I, I would be able to make it out here. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So after that, we come back to, uh, my boy Cyril and he's getting, uh, you mentioned his mom called him Cyril. I think it was a weird Cyril. accent. It was a weird accent because everybody yeah. else still says Cyril. Yeah, because yeah. she she also called rebels rabbles. 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 <laughs> rabbles. <laughs> I love his mom so much. She's the best character. I, I, after him, like as a secondary character, I guess rabbles. They're gonna get what they deserve, and it's like, oh, chill out, lady. <laughs> <laughs> It's like we we I I totally understand why Cyril is the way he is, <laughs> and I feel so bad for him. Uh, but yeah, and uh, again, I felt bad for him because he's back back in a room getting scolded by another woman, <laughs> and it's just like you know. And the poor guy's like, uh, but yeah, uh, Dedra Miro. I kept calling her Mira. That's why I was so uh, confused. I was like, who the hell is Mira? <laughs> he did that for four episodes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah so uh miro is uh sort of uh, dedra. Um, uh oh yeah uh dedra <laughs> i keep saying miro i've written uh, written her down as miro but yeah so uh miro asks serial questions and and one cool thing was like she starts with mr karn and then when he says something she's like listen up here cyril it's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like you, it's, it's something I mentioned as well, where I was like, he's no longer Cyril, he's Karn, and then he's back to being Cyril. Yeah. So I think, I think the name choice was on purpose where Karn sounds like, like a, like a cool villain's name, you know? Yeah. And then Cyril is like, uh, like, uh, it's just like, it's that dude from Archer, like, you know, the wimp. <laughs> But yeah, I, like I was saying, I, I I figured these two guys would meet each other eventually. Yeah. Dedra and Cyril. And I think they're slowly setting up that in the end, they will need Cyril. Well, they already set it up by him saying he can tell Luthen by his voice, which I like that yeah. they played off the fact that Cassian came with a gun to the back of his head. So you didn't think about it. I, I didn't think about it then. But yeah, he would have never mm. seen Luthen. Oh, yeah. Because Cassian to told him to not turn around. That he heard him? So there, mm. Luthen told Cass, we got to go, leave him be. And mm. Sarah was able to clock that, which is really a nice little mm. dope detail where you, I don't know. I, I really, I didn't even think about it while it was happening, but that they brought it back like this. Mm. Chef's kiss. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's actually, I was trying to figure out where it was that he 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 didn't see Luthen but he heard his voice but yeah you're right and it's pretty it's really well set up if if they had set if they did set it up for later on yeah i think that's kind of cool yeah i mean a big part of yeah. this right now is who's Luthen and who's who's going to find mm -hmm. out who he is it's all about him mm. it more than Cass he's right. just like at the moment yeah. uh just caught up in it i think right now with the split i 
think the point was to show had he joined the rebellion, joined Val, not run away and gone on his own, he probably would have joined the rebellion right. and he wouldn't have ended up in prison. That's why this is going to inspire yeah. him because he realizes what right. his other options are. Right. Yeah. But yeah, so she sort of asks him, um, uh, what did you file in the report? And she finds out that he actually wasn't, he didn't, he, he, there was a lot of information that was left out and he was made to sign his report by um, Blevin. I don't know why I almost called him Dr. Blevin. I don't know why that <laughs> popped in my head. <laughs> but I'm like, wait, he's not a doctor. <laughs> but that sounds so strange. So yeah, uh, Blevin made him sign the report and uh, he's never read the report so he can't tell what information he left out. And uh, w- one cool thing was in there, um, he says like, you know, I was there just to protect, like I was following the murder of uh, two uh, officers. And she goes, oh, so this is about public safety. And that right there, I was like, oh, she's questioning his uh, motives about whether this is personal or like whether it is about public safety or it's like a personal vendetta or like just a personal thing, like insecurity that he's trying to project. And that it, made me, you, you want to say It's also like her realizing that it's, uh, they have the same ideology where she's just trying mm. to stop this rebellion because it's bad for the empire. And she's seeing that that's his main priority is to keep the empire safe. I saw it more as like she was being sarcastic towards him where it's like, oh, like, uh, so it's about public safety, Cyril? And Cyril's like, no, no, no. Cyril's trying to be all upright and moral. And uh, but yeah, she pushes a bit further on it, doesn't she? Like, so, you know, she asks him if like, so you're here for... But she is sort of talking to him in a little bit of like a patronizing manner. Like, I don't know if you you got that where her tone is, her tone is the same as the major's tone was towards uh, Dedra. Which I think is mainly them looking at him being uh, like like her being superior to him. Yeah, like he's just like a data analyst. He doesn't, he's nobody. So she feels above him and she's seeing him as a tool right now. And it's Mm -hmm. her playing with it of like, oh, you think you're more than a tool? But I think it's also by the end of it, her slowly realizing that, no, this guy is a huge asset. Huge asset? What, what did you say? You, huge asset. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, what? It's a huge ass. Like, did you just slip that in? He's, he's, a, he's a, a huge ass. ass. I was like, yeah, he is. I was like, wait, why did you say that? <laughs> this dude's a huge ass. I was like, yeah, I know. We, he, she, I think she knew that. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, but uh, what, what it made me do was actually go back to questioning Dedra's motives. Where... Her her motives have been questioned by Blevin, whether she's just trying to uh, climb up the corporate ladder. And what it made me do was like, obviously, we've seen how sh- how the episode ends with her and Bix in like a torture chamber sort of a thing in like an interrogation room. And, I, and it made me think like, OK, she's an imperial officer. Is she just super good at her job? And this is and everyone else is just beneath her. And like, or does she is she does she have like an actual like like hate? hatred or is she like actually evil from the inside where she has like an actual disdain and disgust for like everyone who she finds like inferior to her she could be just brainwashed like she's Mm. been told all these ideologies and philosophies of the empire make her think that all she's like there for is for the empire 
if there's no empire, mm. she has no purpose. So she has been right. fed all these lies for years. And maybe that's why they're showing that Cyril and Dedra are what happens when you're getting brainwashed. Why, why are people mm. helping Palpatine to take over the galaxy? Right. Is it because they're inherently bad people or is it because they were brainwashed to just be a cog right. in the machine? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was my biggest thing where it's like she's really good at her job, but but now we see like a little bit of an evil side to her where we're is, not sure actually. But Is she good at her job? Because they have Cassian so far, yeah. in, in, in custody for an entire month and they're looking around for Cassian Endor, even though they already have Cassian Endor in their hands. Oh yeah, is that really? I think they're oh, no. showing what because his think, name is yeah. Keith. But like, how is it so easy to change your name? And they have a picture of him. Mm-hmm. I think they're trying to show why has it been so hard for the Empire and all the movies to find anybody. They're everywhere, mm-hmm. but Jedi's and so on are able to slip by. And I think they showed it also in a later scene when. Cass is entering the prison and all the, the guys are giving him different commands. One saying, one guy's saying, keep moving, go, go, go. The next guy is saying, stop, stop, right. don't move further. And you see that they're very easily like put out of place where they're like, oh, someone didn't show up. Oh, shit, that means someone's not here. What do we do? I don't know what to do mm-hmm. until someone shows up. They're slowly trying to explain also, even though they're so organized, they're actually hmm. pretty bad at their job so far, I think. In my personal opinion, from what I've been seeing, all of them kind of sucked. <laughs> the, from the cops right. to Blevin <laughs> to everybody, they're backstabbing each hmm. other. They they have all these things going on. No one gives a shit that rebels are stealing shit. And, and except this one person, which is Dedra. Had she not brought it up, Luthen could have kept on going. Nobody was thinking about it until she brought it up. So much so that when she brings it up, people at first are questioning it. So I think overall they're right. just showing that it's it's a machine that is controlling their people, but it's not working very well. You know, like there's, a, again, they're, they're plugging really well these little plot holes that you don't really think about so much. But right now when you think about the other movies, you can look back at this and be like, oh, you know, maybe that's why they they never found Han for like so many years. Why they had to get a bounty hunter to go and find them because they couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Although wait, that well, yeah, that, that, that was that true. was Jabba, never... but still, I mean, generally, even Luke and so on. Generally, it seems pretty hard to find people in Star Wars. It, it's a pretty big place, I guess. But at the same time, if you have it is uh, a galaxy. It is, but at the same time, if you're trying to be the Empire and you're co- trying to control the entire galaxy, you know, you think you have some systems in place to realize, like, you're looking for this guy. He's, like, right in front of us. But right. it's so much so that, like, he walks in and they just let him be. And he can be in there for yeah. years and not see another Imperial officer because they specifically said they only come to take out the dead and bring in the new. Mm. Yeah, that's true. They they are they are plugging in a lot of things that uh normally you would think like, wait, how is this possible? How's that possible? And and they've managed to uh fill in all those little, little details where now you don't have to really think about them. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And uh so yeah, so then she sort of uh she leaves him and she tells uh her her assistant Jake 
that you know, let, let him let him re read the report and then let him uh, and then I'll come back for it. We were gonna say something. <laughs> no, I just like <laughs> that you still call him Jake Chillenhall. <laughs> yeah, now now I don't know what his name is, and I can't unsee him as Jake. <laughs> I mean, no one calls him by his name. I think that's why they chose yeah. him. They're like, you'll, they'll remember right. you by your face. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, they made the Nightcrawler connection because he does look like Nightcrawler Jake Chillenhall. All right, uh, and then we finally first we see Narkina Fife for the first time, where actually Cass sees it out the window, and we see it like the whole water thing, and it's like a, yeah. it's like a giant flush in in the in the ocean, and I think you see like a bunch of them, right, close yeah. by. Yeah, it's like a bunch. That's and, where uh, I thought of the raft. Yeah. Very cool looking mm -hmm. planet. I, I like water planets like that. Right. I wish they right. like movies would explore them a bit more because how how do they mm -hmm. work, you know? <laughs> but yeah, very cool. <laughs> Maybe it's just like the, uh, what's it called? The ge the geology? Is no, yeah, totally. But I'm like, how do you even populate a planet like that? How do you start? How, how is there <laughs> like, you know, I guess you live a fish, but like, what about, you know, like veggies and stuff like that? I don't know. I feel like they, mm. just to build structures in there, again, in the game Destiny, there was a planet, Titan, that was all water. And oh, yeah. uh, again, it looked so dope. But again, I, I just wish mm. some some property would explore it a bit more. Explain it. Again, I'm a sucker for explanations. Well, well, <laughs> well they might. Maybe. I doubt You it. never know. <laughs> but maybe. <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah, and then we get to Mira uh, Dedro. Dedra. <laughs> <I can't laughs> uh, Dedra giving her speech uh, to the colonel inside the Imperial Bureau. Uh, about how she has the plan to now they want to go hunt Cassian so that they can because uh, they believe he has information about Luthen who she's calling Axis because he's the Axis kind of, of yeah. everything yes Very because cool. of his centralized connection to acquiring special uh, in an organized rebel effort to acquire specialized imperial gear I, I, I liked the the list that they gave for he's like that's a very interesting shopping list and i yeah I, they, he paused and specifically pointed at code droid where mm. i don't think it's k2 but i think we're getting another droid like he made it seem like right. luthan always already got a droid somewhere and you know mm. new character incoming maybe it's k2 but i i don't think he was a code droid no, uh, wait. So is that a is that a type of droid? I thought it was like she yeah. was saying like the operation name is Code Droid. No, he was listing the different devices that he stole, and the last thing he stole was a Code Droid. Oh, I thought I thought he was like obviously he was doing that, but then I thought, uh, Dedra called her entire thing the hunt for Cass Code Droid. <laughs> no, it, it was the, it was the thought, general no. listing the things. It's probably I it's a like droid. How you have code words for oh. missions. No, it's a droid that decrypts code. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. I'm glad you cleared that up for me. Because this whole time I was thinking, I was like, "Ooh, she called it code droid. Well, what, what is that up to? Like, what's the meaning of that? Like, why is that a code word? And we're gonna see. Obviously, I, I I came to the same conclusion of like, obviously, we're gonna see some kind of droid. But, but he's like code droid. Oh, you want to go that far? Like. Uh, yeah, no. I think it was. You, I'm you, hoping you, it's you, a you, character setup. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. I also I noticed <laughs> anyway, again. Yeah. I I saw uh, a brown guy on that big table with everybody. Where again, I feel like nice, nice to see more mm -hmm. brown representation. Right, but no other women. 
they they were very clear about that. I I noticed. I I like looked at it again, and I was like, oh, there's literally she's the only woman. Again, I feel like these are deliberate choices. Yeah. Oh, definitely, dude. Yeah. Obviously, <laughs> they can. It wouldn't be by mistake. <laughs> that would be really, really too many really, guys. Uh, yeah, <laughs> too many dicks on the dance floor. You know that song <laughs> from Flight of the Concords? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> All right. <laughs> Okay, so uh, and um, the major backs are up, which was nice to see. Uh, and they say that oh, we want to drill into Morlana and find Cass, get the hunt going. So yeah, and then we get to we finally land on Narkina Five, where everyone's being uh, all the detainees are they're transported down, and they make sure to show us that they're bare feet. And then the three guards come, and they've got like these. Heavy duty sneakers, which which well, seem like uh, boots for when you have a fracture. They're very cool looking boots. At first, I my yeah. first thought was, is this going to be like a low gravity situation? Are they about to walk on the walls? Mm. They looked so giant. Mm. Where, yeah, it seemed like you can probably just a normal rubber boot would have sufficed, but it might it might have been again. Maybe this was more on the nose if it was that, but they're trying to show the difference of. The Imperials and power are having fancy boots versus the prisoners bare feet representing the poor. But I think it was just a little bit of cool flair. They got gave them really cool boots. And they they pointed um, them out a couple of times. And you're just like, yo, yeah. where can I buy those? <laughs> they they look to me okay, so I'm gonna ask you this. I, I kind of wish, like obviously from a like from a comical standpoint, it, it looked funny to me. Because I was like, yo, they got kicks, you know? <laughs> and what are those Jordans? <laughs> and I was like, what are those space? We got the Air Jordans, they got the space Jordans. And I was like, damn, homie, what's, what's, what's good with that? Like, But it looks so out of place because they were like kind of colorful. And they're all wearing like these yeah. like uh, uh, one colored uniform, which was like um, all black uniform. And then they're, they're all like it's three guards who are all white, which I didn't try to notice it, but it was right there. And... They're all wearing black uniforms, but then they have like these orange, uh, you know, you used to get those pumps. I don't know if you've ever yeah. worn those shoes where yeah. um, we used to have it for ankle support when you're playing basketball, where you pump air. So it tightens to your ankle. And I got and more they, and they have the it. loop. What, <laughs> to, me, to, me, to me, they look like Uggs. They're so bulky. Hmm. Okay. To me, they just oh. seem like bigger version of those. And I just kept wondering, like, why wouldn't, like you said, if not rubber boots, but something like that, but something that's like more like just like black in color, like just big metallic looking boots, which would go well. It just looks so out of place that they, they had these colorful sne- like kicks, literally, like where it's like they, they look like Space Jordans. <laughs> and I'm like, maybe, what the maybe they're like the just guys... really far from the Empire and they're trying to have some cool little yeah, that, boots, little, little flair. They're like, we can't alter, alter the uniform. But these right. crazy boots we only use in this prison, they're not on the on, on the <laughs> list of things you're not allowed to fuck with. You know, like Cyril was like pointed out that he was altering the shit. They were like, hey, uh, yeah. no one says anything about space boots. Let's get some funky ones. Yeah, you that's know? true. But they get like orange for yeah, Halloween. <laughs> yeah, they got I, orange I, bottoms I, and then it's like light gray and then yeah. orange loop. And I was, I was like, stuck wow, on way more than cool. like uh, Cass has a weird little toe. Like, I, I, was, I, I was much more stuck on the fact that Cass had like a weird little toe. 
It was like it was one of oh, those I where I didn't notice that. It, it's it's the time where like it doesn't really touch the ground and stuff because they showed it a couple of times and it's just like I'm thinking about his toe too much. Anyways, oh my god, dude, you got a foot fetish for Cass? No, quite the opposite. Come on, <laughs> just say it. You were you were hoping he would have sexy feet, but but he ha- he has a weird toe and and now you're over it. You're turned off. Yeah, I guess. If you want to put it that way, it's like light pollution. It's, okay. It was my intention, but inevitably it happened. Right. Okay. <laughs> all right. That's fine. I have something to say about all this stuff later on. So we'll, we, so, so don't worry. I, I got your back on that. You're frozen, by right. the way. Uh, but yeah. What? Oh, sorry. <laughs> your camera is frozen. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, wait, once again, sorry, guys. Sorry, podcasters. <laughs> but yeah. I thought otherwise it, it was a great setup to a location where. As he goes through the the entire like enrollment process of getting into the prison, you keep seeing Cass looking at everything in a way where I personally thought like maybe it's just what I would be doing, but it looked almost like he's learning everything he needs to know to break his way out. He learns about the yeah. electrified floor. He knows he needs to get that button. He learns how to distract the guards to get them off their post. You know, he learns that yeah. how to communicate with the other floors. Everything slowly, slowly, I think, is setting up a prison break, which is going to be so fucking right. dope. Yeah. If, if that's the next episode, after we got a pro, a, like a proper heist, you're going to get a proper prison break. I'm so down for it. That's what I was talking about earlier. That was... That was yeah. my assumption too, that that the next one is going to be a prison break and it's going to mm-hmm. be pretty awesome. Like the only thing when they do the one month jump, I was a bit like, oh, that's that's okay. I guess he just went into the routine of it. But I'm hoping that they just didn't show that well, he was working on his way to get out of there, you know. Well, I think it was the main thing about that was what I got was that in the beginning, he's so like scared and like he, he's like, oh my God, I'm never going to make, make it out of this and I can't do this and I can't do that. And then within 30 days, you see how adaptable he is to all these kind of, even though you, because if he would have just come in and just been like, oh, I got this, I got that. We wouldn't have actually seen that he's actually super adaptable to like a completely new uh, environment. But now we see that, oh, even if he's like super duper scared and he thinks in the beginning, he feels just like how we would if we were in a situation like that. But he's so good at adapting in like harsh environments where 30 days later, he's like on top of everything. And at the same time, like what you were saying was that from this moment he is anywhere, his eyes are just scrolling everywhere. And you're like, okay, he's straight up scheming to find any kind of, which reminded me again of Escape from Alcatraz, where the dude's just looking for every tiny little detail that he can use to finally have his prison break moment. And the people that he needs to involve into it. It reminded me of Gorn walking through the base and talking to the different uh, stations and everybody at every spot where they're slowly setting up. These are the locations that are going to be important for the heist. Right. They're taking their time to be like, these are all the important points that are going to have to come into place to get out of here. Yeah, I agree with that. And again, I liked all that stuff. My only problem was that I just wish that would have been just like half the episode. I think having, spending the whole episode in just that one place, it just felt like more of the same. 
I think it could have been easily half and then half of Miami. I think that would have worked way better as a structure. Again, I, I just loved every scene that we were doing, like spending over there. It was just every time I, I totally liked what was happening. Hmm. Okay. All right. And uh, we finally see that why they have those boots and why they have no weapons with them as guards. And uh, they do the thing and the floors are electric. And that was scary, dude, the way they all dropped and the way yeah. they were, like, squeamish and screaming. And I was like, oh, my God, that looks terrifying. And that's just level <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, that's just level one of three. Yeah. He, he does say that. Yeah. I, I like that and, he uh, so, yeah. says, uh, if if you do well, this, this will nothing be nothing but a distant memory. You know, he's like, right. you behave, yeah. and I never have to use that button on you again. Yeah. Where, although they... Yeah. I, I kind of like the imply later on that Cass got shocked twice in the first day because he got put on the wrong table. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So, and then we get back to Dedra uh, coming back to meet uh, the boy um, Cyril. And he's just like, hey, they left out all the important stuff from my report. What's up with that? And blah, blah, blah. And. Uh, and uh, then she questions him. She's like, "Hey, you were talking about some, some. Uh, you were talking about an older man, and who was like sexy, and uh, he was wearing like a gray cloak. What was that about, Cyril?" And he's like, "No, I, uh, I think he was wearing like a light blue cloak." And she's like, "Oh my god, this guy is useless." And she immediately leaves, and he goes, "I could recognize from his voice, it's it's Cyril." Okay, I wanted to mention this. I, and I wanted to mention this before the start of episode 8. But now, the more I see him talk to somebody else, and uh, I hope they're not setting him up to be a gay person. Not because I don't... Like, if he was gay, it would be fine. But it it just seems like they might how, be setting up this, the cliched gay traits. How did you get like, him oh, he might be gay flamboyant. from this? <laughs> It's just like his, like, like I hope that's not the case. That's what I'm saying. Like not, what, not because what I don't the, mind the thought. Like, what, in what way did they even set that up? I'm very curious how. You, it's no, like... okay. So, so <laughs> I was thinking about it from the point of view of like they, they, they suddenly mentioned the fact that oh, he's into like tailoring his uniform, right? And uh, everyone in his family like wants their men to be men and leaders, and 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 I was like, I hope. They're not using the the super cliched traits that you would, especially because they've shown a gay couple, which which are just like they have their own personalities, and the fact that they're gay is like different from who they are as actual people. Like that's just their sexuality. But here it feels like they're making him sort of like uh, I I I I can't I can't pinpoint the words that I'm trying to look for, but uh yeah I just I, I think, I, again I won't care if he is or is he isn't, but I hope these aren't the setups for that. Like oh see we told you he was into tailoring because like uh, gay people and I'm like dude like straight men can like tailoring as well. That's my point. Straight men can be flamboyant as well, and straight men can can be a little not as alpha in in, in that sense. You know if they're if the way they speak and their mannerisms are not as boisterous that's my point it's not it's not the it's not about making him gay it's more about like straight people can also be like this like not this this type of personality isn't just for gay people like gay I, guys that was I, my point i think you're just sometimes forgetting that you're just watching a star wars show you're getting getting hung up so much on race and sexuality 
If it's just a space well, show. Well, no, because they, dude, they, they keep, they, no, 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 that, that, that's not fair because they keep bringing it up so much. That's my point. No, but our point like, was like, the for fact example, that with, Val, with Val and Sinta, our whole point was that it was so subtle. That, that's my point, that, that the fact that they have been so subtle, they're now starting to seem like more becoming more on the nose than they have been in all these previous episodes. That's my point. Where it's like this episode seems, on, because it's a separate writer as well, where it almost seems like a shift from how subtly planned every single thing was and how they wanted to make sure that it is for adults and we're going to introduce adult themes and we're going to talk about social commentary, but it's going to be done in like a very well, uh, well uh, scripted manner where it's not at the expense of the story or the characters, but it's just part of who they are and it's a part of the world that they inhabit. But now in this episode, the this, the political commentary, and again, if if this is a thing, I'm like, it just feels like. But what was it very, in the scene? Very different to how when he's talking to know, Dedra, the what was talks. gay about it? No, there's nothing gay about it. That's my You're point. You're just saying like, just, just, the way he talks is gay. <laughs> no, that's no. I'm saying that he, it's. I hope they don't say. That because he talks in this, uh, I can't think of the right word, but it's like, it's the opposite of boisterous, right? Flamboyant. Uh, if you can. If, but I, I don't know. He, he's Anyways. not really, he's not super, he's not like super flamboyant. But it's like very low key. I'm just saying like, I hope the writers don't take it there where these are the traits that they would use for a gay, a gay character, especially when they've introduced two gay characters who don't fit the cliche uh, traits. That's my point. Where it's like a straight person can also be in these into these things. Yeah. You get what I mean? I, right? My point is just they, they haven't really mentioned any of it. So they're probably maybe saying exactly what you said, that it could just be a straight person who's into that stuff. But you're reading into the other that's angle. And that is like, yeah, is it them or is it that's, you? That's my point. I hope that's that's <laughs> the case. And I hope they're not setting it up where we find out that, oh, Cyril's gay. And I'm like, come on, man. You can make him gay, but like, don't have him like, just don't have this be the setup. Just do it in a different manner. Where you show where, where how you did it with Valencia. But okay, <laughs> back to the, back to the, back to original, our original schedule. Uh, yeah. And, uh, he's, uh, the Dedra and <laughs> Cyril are talking about, uh, Cyril raising, uh, alarm five, six times about trying to find Cass. And she's like, Hey, you, you try to raise an alarm and blah, blah, blah. You won't be talking to me. And he's like, I could be of help, this and that. And then she just leaves him and he kind of smiles. And uh, we're back to Narkina 5. And um, Cass is being or, uh, going through orientation. And we finally meet our boy, floor manager, Gollum. <laughs> right? What's, what's his actual name? Andy Serkis, <laughs> our man. Andy Serkis. There we go. There we go. So I was <laughs> so excited to see him. Another giant actor like that. And we actually have seen him before. He played Snoke. So it's interesting to have him back. Oh, there you go. Yeah. He's already he been I totally there. forgot that. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I almost think at this point, he doesn't get like that many big roles, but he's always such a standout where I... Part of me was like, oh, are they just going to use him in Andor as the leader in this prison? I really hope it's a setup. There's other characters we get into that are huge setups. So I think I'm hoping this is just like this. This is his beginning and we will see him evolve and grow more and more throughout the world of Star Wars because I love that guy. The second he comes in, I'm yeah. like, let's go. 
who nobody told me he was here. But that that's amazing. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Well, I realized like a perf. We, yeah, we've never had like a giant leading, like a giant actor as a leading man in Star Wars. I don't know why I started thinking about it here, but if you think about it, you never had like a big marquee name as the leading role. You had like Woody Harrelson well, as a support. Or well, the new ones, or but even in the prequels, I would say, well, Liam Neeson, Sam Jackson. All those guys. I would say if the Ewan McGregor Liam was Neeson big. was he as big? But at that point, the last thing he, he was oh, known yeah. for was uh, Schindler's, Schindler's List. List. But between Schindler's yeah, List huge. and but it was like uh, six, seven years later. What did he do in between? It was really. I don't know. I I feel like he wasn't that much of a big selling name. It's not like you put Liam Neeson on the billboard and everybody will show up. It's not taken Liam Neeson. It's it's Schindler's List Liam Neeson. Yeah. You know. And same with e- even Ewan McGregor at that point was still not. Yeah, he was he was more of a up and comer. I think. I think they weren't as no name as Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford were when they started, or right. Finn and all these other actors. But I think if you look at uh, Rogue One and Solo, the sequel trilogy, the original trilogy, and let's say to an extent the prequel trilogy, throughout big actors have only been supports and i think it's very interesting it would be so interesting to see one project in star wars where it is a big name as the lead i guess to an right. extent uh obi-wan now that ewan mcgregor has become who he is it was a bit more like that and you could really tell like in every you're just following ewan mcgregor for like an entire series added a lot you know like it, it really made a difference but i still i would love to see like a movie because that still had a little bit of a show vibe even though it looked super expensive mm. i'd like to see a proper big story done in star wars with a big name just to see what it's like with a with a with a new character yeah yeah big big lead in a new uh, with a new character yeah th- yeah that would be pretty cool yeah. who, who would you want to see the most like, I, like, I want like, Tom Cruise to do Mission Impossible in Star Wars. He's going to space. Uh, now go to Star Wars. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. We'll have a scene of him. In, well, we haven't done much low gravity uh, or something. I was going to say we have him in space doing the the pose right. from uh, Mission Impossible, and somebody's just All like, right. "What are you doing? You don't need to do that here." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that would be hilarious, right? I would, I would love to. Would you, would you want him to be a Jedi or what? Like, uh, like a bad guy or like a good? Make guy? him an alien with makeup like, on. Yeah, like in just, Tropic Thunder. Well, not like Tropic Thunder, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> like in Star Wars, you put makeup on him. Okay, no, but make him look like an alien or like yeah, like a like a version of a Tom. So like, so why would you why would you want Tom Cruise then? It could be anybody. Wouldn't you want Tom Cruise for his face? Like, well, like I'm not saying cover him completely from head to toe in latex, but like you know, give, give him make, like uh, make him blue or something. Give him give him pointy oh. ears. I don't know. Make make him half Point. wolf. That, that worked for Channing Tatum. That it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that totally didn't work. <laughs> not for Channing Tatum. Not for the Wachowski siblings. Not for anyone. Yeah. I'm sad that Terry Gilliam had to show up in that trash. <laughs> But yeah, back to the scene though. Uh, I I really like right. the Andy Circus's introduction where he talks about yeah. 
how everything works. He's talking about the different floors. There's how many people, yep. how many floors, how many people, how many tables. And I, I, everything he's mentioning is just so interesting where he's like, you will not see the, the Imperials again. I'm in charge. Mm -hmm. And I, I, it's the classic, I'm about to get out in 200 days. You're not right. about to fuck this up. And on top of that, I am, I like how you mentioned that, like, it's a game. And he's like, what do you mean? Mm. And he's he like, play, play. Yeah, yeah, play. But like, implying that, like, it's a game between the floors and shit. And I was like, right. that's cool because it's, they're probably at a point where, like, they need any type of motivation. Like, they they basically right. say, you, you're probably not going to see the freedom again right now. Nobody right. knows when they're getting out. So this is all you got, you know. Mm. Did you get sweatshop vibes? Oh, totally. I think that was implied. Right. That's what I was saying. It, right. I, I figured that it has to be the Death Star because it, look right. how gigantic it is. You would need more mm -hmm. people. And it was always the question, like, how do the Imperials build all this technology? Right. And to show that it's them imprisoning people for no reason and having them work for them makes so much sense. Like, it's I was picturing giant factories. They, but. Yes. Giant factories? Because we saw that in the in, in the prequels, right. we saw them build droids in that droid factory, right? Mm. So I, was, I figured they have factories everywhere, but for them to just right. be like, no, it's full on physical labor. I was like, all right, yeah. that's a choice. It's a cool choice. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. It's the same how they've answered the question where how how are the rebels able to afford all the shit that they have if they're exactly. broke as uh, suppressed people? Yeah. Where it's like they've got so much crazy shit, they can't all like Han Solo can only smuggle so much, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I loved all of that, yeah. showing that yeah, yeah. it's from heists, it's from Mod Mothma yeah. doing her things. It's yeah, yeah. it's all these little little it, nuggets. Yeah, and and they have set up like different kinds of options where it's like it's not just this one heist. It's like this one heist is a plan, then a backup plan is Mon Mothra. Uh, Mothra. <laughs> now uh, you're doing yeah. it. <laughs> you, you've got me confused now. <laughs> She's a monster. <laughs> so, did you have any uh, notes yeah. for the introduction of the table? Of the table of their assembly our, line, our favorite time of the of the entire series when they bring up new names. Oh, they for, did stick uh, out to you. <laughs> oh my god, dude! I've like stopped even caring about that in terms uh -huh. of like unless a name just like sticks out to me. There was Jemco, there was, and there was like nine other people. <laughs> there were three names that stuck out. Okay, so. I, the second I noticed it was after Olaf, but I, I still like, I, I thought Olaf was just like a cool name. It was like, it's like Olaf, but with a U. It's like Tim with two M's, but like, you know, for an right. Olaf. <laughs> <laughs> Olaf. And I like that dude. I don't know why that kid, that actor that looked interesting. But then the next guy was called the Ham. Just Ham. H-A-M. Was he called Ham? No. Yeah. Right? I, I had to That's put the true. subtitles on. It's literally just Ham. Oh, you did it too? <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? This is just ham. <laughs> without without two M's? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's just straight up ham. Okay. Oh my god. It's like ham. So there's Zol, Jembok. Zol seems oh. like a there's Taga. So there's a giant Easter egg in here though. There's ham. Yeah. Straight up just ham. His his brother of baloney. <laughs> Or no, cheese. but the the giant Easter egg in here is one of them. Uh, his last name is Mulchi. Now I don't know if it's you what, remember. Sorry? It's Mulchi. Mulchi, I don't know. All right. So the big thing about Mulchi is we've seen Mulchi. Oh, he was all over Rogue One from the beginning to end. He is one of the rebels that saves Jen Erso, and at the very end on Scarif, he dies 
trying to save another rebel and he gives up his life to save another one. So he dies on Scarif with Andor by the end. So he is going to be a rebel. And Andor just mm. met one of the people he's about to be fighting with and he doesn't even know it yet. That's a huge, oh, like, he, he's yeah. not like a big character, but you see him throughout. That's the same actor and everything. Really? Yeah. Damn, I didn't know that. Because so, like I said, I've totally like uh, Rogue One, I've forgotten all the characters. I, I don't even, when you mentioned Jyn Erso, I was trying to remember who that was. And I was like, oh, that's the lead girl. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's it's an amazing little Easter egg because it's not just like, hey, look, here's this random character that was there in the in the movie. It's showing that the rebellion is starting, and it's also mm. reminding Andor that, well, not Andor, but it's reminding us that had he not run and joined the rebellion, he wouldn't be here. Mm. At the same time, it also shows that even in prison, there's a rebellion starting. It's everywhere, right. And they all ask him questions later on about what's going on on the outside and he tries to play coy like he doesn't know what's happening. Yeah, that's Malchi who's like, who goes up to him and is, is telling him that like, oh, don't believe anybody. Is he the guy that um, um, yep. Andy Serkis like puts him up against the wall and exactly. like, hey, stop asking questions. Oh, okay. All right. I didn't notice that. All right. That's a cool... See, these are the details where you're like, wow, man, they put so much thought into their their stuff. Exactly the way they're trying to connect all the like uh, all the canon you know not just like they're picking like one or two things they're trying to connect like everything it's like yeah that, that's that's really cool but yeah so yeah so that scene he sort of just sees how everything works and um, someone's about to get fried because they got on the they have like a person short and they weren't able to it's it's basically like whoever is the last table gets fried and you're like, oh my God. This In is... terms of productivity, it's a competition right. between the different floors and then for yeah. the different tables. So Andy Circus, mm -hmm. you're saying is usually in the top three of all the seven mm -hmm. floors. And right. yeah, they're saying that the table that Cass was put on is at the moment the last table because they were a guy short. Mm -hmm. Then you find out pretty quickly that, yeah, because of that, they continue to be last because probably he couldn't learn all of that. I like how he's just standing there watching everybody, and just, you know. Yeah, and he's just like it's it's it, it's it's it, it, it's almost like like you know he's having like PTSD or like Vietnam yeah. flashbacks or he's realizing like, like this where, is his life now. Yeah, he's like, oh my god, like what's going on? <laughs> this is what I'm gonna do. I was like on a fucking plane in the middle of a meteor shower like four days ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like getting laid in Miami. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah that yeah that's pretty terrible. But yeah, uh, so yeah, so now we get to first we were at in one of the episodes we were at breakfast at Mons. Now we're at politics at Mons, and we're back to uh, up upscale party where uh, Mon and Perrin are drinking something called squigs, which is obviously um, like the worm thing, right? Space tequila. Yeah, where well, I like it's, and I, I find it interesting that it's the worm specifically that gets you wasted. Where he asks to take yeah. the extra worm to get extra wasted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and 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 uh, Mothra declines it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we see um, Tay uh, is back, and uh, it, they're sort of uh, you can see like parents are a little jealous of him, which is Mo understandable, even though I don't like parents so much. But... They definitely fucking Mothra yeah. and Dude. this guy. How many of us have been in relationships where we've hated that best friend? 
Let, let's be honest. That no, childhood like, best friend. The way they're talking, they, there's some. They, they like each other. It's it's always like that. It's always like that, and and they always play it off like, "Come on, why are you so jealous?" And like, "Why are you so possessive?" It's like, dude, we can tell. Like, it's obvious. It's now, and I'm glad they're showing it. I want to show this scene to all my ex-girlfriends. <laughs> like, see, I was right. <laughs> you were fucking, weren't you? <laughs> tell me right now. <laughs> Is that that's why you didn't want the tequila? You. Yeah, <laughs> that's why. You wanted me, yeah. <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, uh, they're sort of, and then you get, get a nice little backstory where um, they've all actually, parent was part of their uh, childhood. Uh, where I thought it was just like, First, it was implied that uh, Tay and um, Ma- Ma- uh, Mothma were childhood friends, and then Perrin was like the new guy or something like that. But now they're like they're all like Tay and Mothma are like uh, teasing Perrin. Like you uh, remember him at fifteen, he was like an Academy Firebrand or something, and now look at him. <laughs> I was like, dude, chill. Like, that's your other. <laughs> you're gonna you do my boy Perrin like that? You're making me sympathize with him. And uh, yeah. Uh, but then uh, obviously um, they start they they break away from parent and they start talking about the funds and parents like hey it's getting like kind of tough for me to do this and they're just sort of discussing that and uh, then um, so Mothma's daughter shows up again and did you notice anything small little things no I noticed a lot okay <laughs> and I and I wrote a bunch about this I don't know if you want me to talk about it now but I, 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 I noticed a lot of themes with the... Because we talked about parenting in one of the episodes. So I started noticing a lot of comparisons of different kinds of kids that have been shown throughout the the, the series. And uh, should, I, should I just talk about it? <laughs> <It's kind> of <laughs> I'm curious. I mean, you, you had an entire theory on Cyril being gay because he said a word a certain way. <laughs> Like how many paragraphs you've written about in entire scene? Oh my god! Okay, can we just talk about the kids? Okay, like please. Okay, kids are important. They're our future, and and they turn into guys. They either turn into guys like Cass or they turn into guys like Cyril. You know, so it's very important how they're parented, and and the show the show has has made it very obvious to show the differences, like how uh like okay so so there's the Canary kids right that were shown first. Where no there's parents. no parenting, no parents. So what are they? They're kids, but they're forced, forced. They're emotionally and psychologically grown up. And then you contrast that with who? My boy Cyril, who's overbearing parent, too much parenting. And what happens? He becomes super closed off, and he's more like an adult who's like stuck in a state of adolescence. He's like always like a child, and he's thinking from like that naive morality all the time, you know. So that's one. Okay. Now the next is, um. Uh, what was the next one yeah okay now we have the upper class kids who's um, uh, we see Mon Mothma's daughter and we have seen J-Hole's son and both they've been shown to be a little bratty they've been shown to be defiant I would say J-Hole's son wasn't bratty no because no 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 because he they showed only one line with him where he's like J-Hole's like Hey, so you're going to wear that. And he goes, I'm not wearing that. And he's like, you're going to wear what you're going to wear. Because otherwise you're going to see the back of my hand. And he's like, okay, this is what I'm going to wear, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but you see him, he's rebellious, right. even to a guy like J-Ho. Fine, I'll and, give you and that. And even, Mothma, even Mothma's daughter is like that towards her, right? But here's the difference. J-Hold 
uh, asserts his dominance and his superiority towards everyone around him, even to his spouse. And Mothma is the opposite of that, where she doesn't have control over her daughter. And and both of them don't have... Uh, so he's able to get not support, but he's able to scare his spouse into doing what he wants them to do in terms of parenting, where Mothma doesn't have a supportive spouse. And the daughter, Leda, I think her name is, she leans more towards parent. And the daughter, and you see the difference where the child seems a little a little more like, obviously, J-Hold implies this, that he's a little more like wimpy, where he's like, he's always ill and he's always got like slouch shoulders. And uh, the moment he, he rebels, and then the moment J-Hold says something, he goes like, okay, uh, okay, I'll do it. Uh, and on the other hand, Leda is always like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And she gets her way. And the two times we've seen her at the party where she meets Tay, she's always come to the party and been like, mother, can I just be excused? And she always like, like gets out of there. So she gets her way through that where J-Hole's son had to be a part of that, even though he was super ill. And J-Hole's like, yo, even if it kills you, we're doing this. So I noticed both those things. You see, no, I, that was I, worth I, it, right? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're totally right on those. I think yeah. that's, yeah, like we were saying, there is a theme of parenting that's being set up over here. Mm -hmm. And as you're saying, what is the outcome of different backgrounds? Where I think exactly. in the end, we will find out, we still don't know exactly what Cassian yeah. went through, but he had probably the most different upbringing in terms of yeah. going from parentless to adopted yes. parent to going to prison and probably having authority be his parent for some time of his teenage teenage years so yeah. yeah i totally agree we see him we see him rebelling in his teenage years when he does walk through that alleyway where where clem is uh hung yeah, which marva always um uh avoids yeah yeah and uh and also another quick small thing that i noticed in this was that mothma both times now this goes back to what you were saying is that Mothma both times completely neglects her daughter right away, right? Her daughter comes to ask her to be excused and she says, okay, fine, whatever, you know? And then she goes right back to talking to Tay about the funding. And she doesn't realize that one thing, I think they might bring this up, where uh, uh, Leda comes to Mothma and she's like, oh my God, are you drinking squigs? And she's like, oh no, I've lost my taste for it. And she goes, it's disgusting, which implies what? That she's tried drinking. Oh, okay. Right? I thought she was implying and, that like you drinking it is disgusting, but maybe. Oh, no, 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 no. She 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 says the uh, she says they're it's dis uh, like they're disgusting or something like that. And Tay is like, "Oh, but that's the point." And and she's like, "Okay, by the way, I can I be excused?" And she goes and she just leaves and Mothma immediately cuz all her uh attention is towards the rebellion. So this goes back to what uh, our our kind of debate where you're saying that She's using parent and her daughter. Exactly. But my thing is that she's actually, that's her family, but she's so focused on the rebellion that she's actually uh, inadvertently completely neglecting her daughter and her daughter's turning out to be like a bratty rebel of her own. Oh yeah, totally. That could also be the thing. Yeah, we yeah. were saying that maybe she's using them as a front just because we mentioned that they might not, they are not there when we see her later right. in A New Hope. But yeah, maybe that's what it is. Maybe she lost them because she lost the, the sight of mm -hmm. what was important, actually. You know. yeah. It's kind of, and, and it goes even, back 
it goes a little bit back to with Luther, who's slowly losing parts of himself. And right. throughout, every, there's everybody is slowly losing parts of themselves. Where we're saying, who is even the good guy? You know, because right. people are forgetting what is important in actual life because they're all thinking about the fight. Right. And and at the end of it, what really separates Luthen from someone like who's an Imperial, right? Because exactly. they, they're both using the same kind of tactics. They're yep. both using the, the means, uh, the ends justify the means of morality. So, yeah. And right when she leaves, she says, I should find dad. So you can see that... Uh, uh, and also we 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 uh, get to know some backstory, which is later, but I'll just mention it now. But that about uh, Perrin and Mon Mothma actually got married at the age of 16. And they knew each other a year... Or no, uh, uh, they got married at the age of 15 and uh, Mothma became senator at 16. Well, that so goes into Amidala. She was also very young. She was in her teens. Right. Right. No, no. But my point being that... Uh, Maybe she's not using Perrin as a decoy, as someone, maybe she became a rebel later on and that they were just married way younger. And that's why now she's had a family, but she sort of got into the rebellion and started ignoring her family. Yeah, probably. Right? We'll, 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 we'll see. But yeah. And uh, yeah, so she sort of uh, meets another senator and uh, then we get to that place in, the, in Narkina 5 where you see... Cassian, he notices they're all in a line. They're moving somewhere. And he notices some guy doing sign language to someone outside. And he notices that there's like these kind of tubes where there's people outside as well. And he, like you said, he learns how to communicate maybe. Yeah, and it's two things where he's he learns how to communicate with the other floors if he needs to break out. But also it shows that even in prison, as mentioned, like they're, they're starting a rebellion. They're starting, they're not okay with mm -hmm. what's going on. And it's more than just breaking out. It's, it's like they're just rebelling, you know? Right. Yeah. So, and then we have a small little scene that, I, that's the scene that I feel like uh, now where Mothma is talking to other senators about how they need to be, uh, they, they're feeling threatened and stuff like that. So, which was straight out of post 9-11 commentary where you're giving up your liberties because you're threatened and for bigger, for more safety. And there's a small little debate between them, which felt all, which I felt like didn't move the plot along at all. We already know that Mothma feels this way. We know that other senators feel that way. That's a small little scene where I felt like it could have been just removed I, from the whole track. I again think it was the just same as... I think it took time. It's the same way they cut to Cyril, where they're cutting to Mothra being in her own prison, which is this political world. Mm. You know, she's oh, stuck in okay. there and she's in prison in there and it's showing that... You know, everybody is in their own personal pr prison and they're using the rebellion to break free. Where they also cut afterwards, like you're cutting from uh, right, them right, drinking right. fancy drinks to him eating gruel and stuff like that, you know. Mm, that's pretty good. Okay, yeah, that's good. I, I, I didn't think of that. That's why I was saying I get that right. it might have seemed a bit slower here and there, but I got something out of almost any, every scene in this episode. Mm -hmm. I really, that's why I was trying to think of what would I cut, and I don't think I, I would cut any of this just because of how much it emphasizes the themes. It's really the, mm -hmm. it's, I like they're building the rebellion without them saying we're building a rebellion. Right. You know. And you see every single person in their own, uh, like you said, in their own prison where they're just trying to, uh, no pun intended, but break free. Yeah. 
I don't know why I said no pun intended. I was thinking. I mean, it's exactly so. what they're doing. That's why next episode, if the maybe the prison break is going to be a metaphor, everybody is going to start breaking out of their prison, mm. and we're going to set up the end of them finally getting out of the place that they're stuck in, and the everything is going to go get set into motion, you know. And it leads into the theme that we have later in uh, in the last scene about whether it's a rebellion or an anarchy. If everyone yeah. breaks out of their prisons, because we've seen that in a movie like. Obviously, like I'm just going to mention Dark Knight Rises where people break out of the prisons and that's anarchy. Yeah. No, it, so, I mean, uh, it, it was just implied that right now there is no rebellion. It's all separate. It's all right. separate alliances that have a similar goal, but they're all going about it in different ways. And they're not, commu- like, they're not even communicating. It seems like the only way these people are communicating are through Saw and Luthen and people like them. Mm. You know, that's how separate they are. Right. That Like, there is no... Com- right. there's, that's why later on it's called a rebel alliance because right now none of them are allied. That's why I think that final conversation is so interesting, what Saw did. Right. Like uh, Forrest Whitaker in that one day, yeah, same, in that one day of work, Forrest Whitaker put in fucking work. He just came to fucking crush it. (laughs) He came prepared, dude. Dude, and (laughs) yes, he's so good always as as Saw. It always makes me want to clear my throat, but it's so good. (laughs) <laughs> oh i know i know <laughs> i was like dude stop i'm just like i don't want to feel nice. like i have the flu or something <laughs> it's, it's like, and then I, separatists oh oh <laughs> he's great man he's uh, so good that's that's the one scene where i was like oh wow look it's two actors acting in a great yeah. show in a scene you know where this is the kind of stuff that's the uh, I guess we'll just talk about it where why I felt like this episode were more, was more of a drag was the, not because of the scenes but more so just like once I saw that last scene it reminded me of the episodes that had come prior where it was like even when people were talking and it was slow they still had an energy to them there was these characters with like vigor and and there was like intrigue that was being developed in this it just kind of felt like you know like a little toned down and a little muted where where it felt like it's becoming now more of about the plot, which is fine, but the characters were becoming more and more muted. And the last scene was like, it was the perfect mixture of plot and characters and great acting and great writing and all of that being put perfectly together to like make us like feel emotions and like, and just have like some kind of a, a visceral reaction to, to, and that's what it is. Like all the previous episodes where scenes were like that, that's how they felt. And this and these scenes just kind of felt like just a little muted compared to everything else. Again, I, I just, for me personally, it was the the metaphors they're setting, where everything that mm-hmm. came before the scene with the two speaking at the end made it so much more impactful when you finally find out right. what are people even doing right now, and you find out that mm-hmm. we're still so far away from what the actual Rebel Alliance is, which is so cool to right. see. And uh, so, yeah, so right after that, we get into the orientation for Cass into their bunks uh, or their quarters or whatever, which are really, really, those felt like Black Mirror, uh, like straight out of Black Mirror, like the design of it and everything where it was like, like okay, that like that's, I think they've had prisons, like prison moments like that in Black Mirror or very similar to that. And, and the uh, gruel yeah. comes up again, uh, uh, something that you consume that gives you everything you need the second time that Cass yeah. has to consume something like this. 
Yeah, uh, I, I, and and uh, they all talk about you learn to enjoy it or something like that. Where, yeah. where I was like thinking, Cass, where it's like, oh my god, he he he's back to drinking like that brown milk that he hates. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I was uh, kind of surprised that they have a shaver in there. Yeah. Right. Wouldn't that be kind of dangerous to give to? I mean, prisoners. It seems pretty peaceful in there. They, I don't think they really care who lives and dies. Peaceful. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I don't think the Imperials care if they kill each other. Right. Mm-hmm. No, but like, uh, oh, right, yeah, because they have the floor, so I guess they don't. They, the guards aren't. Uh, or, or I guess this this also plays into the theme of what Cass is always saying that the guards and the Imperial never. Uh, wishes to learn or to improve they just they they already think that they have it that they're so superior and they have so much more that they don't even need to care that much that's why it's so easy to steal so maybe that's why it might be easier to break out because the imperial probably thinks this is like an unbreakable prison so they're a lot uh less um aggressive about uh well i guess they're aggressive but yeah (laughs) and uh yeah so that's when everyone starts asking him, "Hey, what's going on? We heard that there was like a, like an Aldani thing," and he's like, "I don't know what what the hell you're talking about." And they're like, "Come on, man, uh, you gotta know, you gotta know what's going on." And uh, uh, our boy Andy Circus is like, just "Tell the guy, hey man, stop it. I said enough." And uh, he sort of reprimands um, Cass, and uh, oh yeah, he says, uh, "You don't walk in your sleep, do you?" Yeah, I I like that. It was very genuine. Where he's just like, like, you know, like you don't, right? You know, he's he was very concerning there. That's why Andy Serkis didn't didn't carry the prison for you. He wasn't a big enough actor. Mm. Uh, No, I I, I, again, what I said was like I loved all those scenes. I just think for the entire episode, it could have been condensed easily, and the Miami thing could have been expanded a little more. And that would have made it a way more interesting even. And it would have had an arc of the episode where it starts off upbeat. He's on a high finally after all these episodes. He's on Miami. He's getting laid. And we as the audience think, okay, finally we're going to get a breather episode of just some lightheartedness, right? And then it reaches this top and he's just going out to get some greeny greens. And then suddenly he gets caught and he's he's in this hellhole where it's like a drop. And you're like, oh my God. And then I think all of those things that they introduced in this could have been condensed a little more where time could have been spent a little less with the guards walking, right? That like all those things could have been reduced tiny, 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 tiny bit. And if you take some of the, Mon, like even Mon Mothma scene, everything, all the dialogue they have, all of that could have been reduced just a tiny bit so that the pacing is a little better. That, that That's the only thing I felt. I didn't, I liked everything and obviously I think it felt a little too on the nose that was my other problem but in terms of in terms of like everything we got I'm glad we got it and everything looked amazing and felt amazing I just think it could have been structured a little differently where it would have been more on point with all the episodes we've gotten before That was my thing But yeah I I I I was glad Andy Circus for me like in some of the episodes where he felt like Stellan Skarsgård in episode two carried that episode. Yeah, so the, and, Andy Circus was for, for me was like that in this one. And uh, yeah, and one thing I forgot to mention was that the they mentioned that the once the there's like a flashing lights, white lights underneath the bunks, and you have seven seconds, and then the lights turn red, and I was like, oh my god, floor is lava. 
I was thinking more seven seconds is very, very short. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah. So uh, now we get back to politics at Mons. And this was funny where um, th- this is the only pl- uh, time where we get like a little backstory where we mentioned about where they got married at 15 and she became senator at 16. The couple that they're talking to, the man looked very similar to Forrest Whitaker. Like his hair and the way they did him, like from far. And I actually thought, I was like, is that Forrest Whitaker? Because I didn't know he was going to be in the show, right? Or even in the scene at the end. So I thought that was maybe it was like a little like a foreshadowing. <laughs> I honestly felt that. Where obviously I know it wasn't him, but like they show him from far. And uh, it, it looked very similar to that. Where his hair and everything was like kind of grayish and like kind of bushy. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we just got a nice little backstory and this was nice. And um, they're talking about the view and everything. And uh, like you said, uh, she's smiling, talking about all that. And when she turns and she leaves, she's facing the camera. She's Her smile drops immediately. So it goes back to your theme of like, there she's like stuck in there where she has to put on a face all the time and pretend. And uh, yeah. And then we get to Cass back in his cell. He's just like, uh, you know, just uh, contemplating his life. And then we see 30 shifts later and he's sort of gotten uh, acclimated to the whole thing and sort of acquainted and he's eating, he's sucking out of that thing. Uh, I don't know what that is. I want to know how the the plate works. I think he explained that that's the gruel that he is eating now. Well, it's part of it. So that's what I thought. It's it's gruel and the other one is, yeah, water. It's it's just whatever you live off, the liquids and the the food. But yeah, I was more concerned about... How how does the the plate get cleaned? He just kind of puts it back. Is there like a water system or something? I don't know. But I like this whole... It could like, be. I like the little detail of like, yeah, the, the plate is just there yeah. on the wall. Very cool. Because the guy who's introducing him to every, uh, to all this uh, does mention that there is a spoon and a fork there as well. Yeah. So, yeah. So, we see him. Uh, he puts that plate away. And... Uh, sorry, once again. Uh, he puts the plate and he sucks out of that tube, which is probably like the, it's like glucose maybe. It gives him all the nutrients. Right? Maybe. Okay. And then they walk into one of my favorite scenes. And I never thought I'd say this ever. I never thought I would say this phrase. But I totally love the prison shower. It was amazing. <laughs> because it's a bunch of naked guys close together no okay i knew you were gonna say that no but and i knew that. <laughs> what stuck out to me was that their shower is just some spray gas they put on while we saw Cass in miami have an actual shower with water which i thought was an interesting right. thing to show for me it was very interesting because of the amount of time it took and the uh, and the little amount of effort it took to actually clean yourself. I mean, it looked and more I, like I, they're just de- disinfecting them. But I like the smile on Circus's face as he's just like, yeah, I'm yeah. clean again. I'm clean. <laughs> that That's my point. Where it's like people who know me in my real life, in my personal life, know that my showers are super long and they're super tedious for me. And it's the most exhausting part of my life. And when I watched this, I was like, you know what? I wouldn't mind being in a room full of naked dudes if this is all I had to do to clean myself. Where you just stand. At least there's no soap involved. Okay, you're just standing there. Uh, The only problem was none of the guys were like that handsome. Cass was handsome enough. 
and Andy Serkis is kind of handsome. But mm-hmm. other than that, it was like the best thing for me where I was like, I wish I had a shower like this and I could just do this. Every because day. because I saw they have real showers for me, the thought was that like that doesn't look very clean. I feel like you're not <laughs> going to get everything. How do you get into all the nooks and crannies? I feel like this is well, this is very it, surface it, level. I, I'm sure everybody has a good, nice musk going on as they're living over there. It's one of those things you where you so? don't you, you just don't smell it after you're there for a month, you know. But I don't know. It didn't look very like they were clean, like getting cleaned from that. I don't know. I, I think they got pretty clean because they have to do physical labor, dude. So imagine how much body sweat there were, and the guards don't never make a, a I mean, point of like them smelling bad or anything. The I guards mean, would smell it too, right? Well, there was a theme of the uh, Aldani smelling, but I think it's more about uh, mm. that place looks so clean, though. Like that looks like yeah. the AC is cranked up to the max in there. Yeah. Also, I want to know how do they keep that place clean? Everything is white, white floors, white walls. How not a with single the, stain with the shower? <laughs> yeah, maybe. And uh, maybe, yeah, maybe. <laughs> they they got the special steam, and one thing that stood out to me in that was like as much as I loved the shower, and I wish that I could I could do that. The one thing that stood out to me was Andy Serkis's hair was super coiffed the whole time. It's, it looked like he had either gel or like oil and it was like perfectly combed all throughout. Even when he was in the assembly line, he woke up and he just got into the shower and his hair is fully coiffed. The steam comes Be- off and he just walks in and it's perfectly because coiffed. Because it's, it's not like cleaning. This- it's not cleaning the product out of his hair. That's how they're showing you that this is not cleaning anybody. They're but just, then, dude, that would like make his scalp itch so bad. Where every time he's on the assembly line, he would be uh, and, skip, uh, uh, scratching his head like crazy. At That's this the point, thing. Where I'm like, at this point, it's a helmet, bro. It's not hair anymore. <laughs> it's it's become one solid piece on his head. <laughs> it's it's protecting his scalp from all the steam. <laughs> exactly, it's that like, steam was entering his brain. <laughs> like if someone tries to like break uh, his head with one of those plates or something, the the, the plate will break. <laughs> It's full on protected. Because <laughs> that's one of the things that happens a lot in like I've seen in movies where guys, they take their lunch plate and they yeah. hit it over the guy's head. Uh, he's he, like, he'd be perfectly to, fine with that. Yeah, he's like, that's <laughs> not going to happen to me again. I'm Mr. Manager. Right? <laughs> I, got all time, the, I got all the power. One time too many. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when he leaves oh, prison... Man. The, he, the barber is just going to take the hair off in one piece and he's going to... It's going to be like a Lego hat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just pops off his head. <laughs> he's going to keep it on a shelf with a little plaque underneath and it's like, yeah, that that was Nakino 5, remember? <laughs> you, you, uh, what do you, how would you compare his hat to Luthen's uh, uh, art dealer wig? Oh, I mean, Luthen's wig is pretty legit. It's a pretty right. good wig. He has a good wig, man. Yeah. He's upper class too, so it, it would probably be like, uh, yeah, you're right about that. Maybe Circus but they is going to have shavers. Maybe Circus is going to sell that hair. Maybe that's why he's pe- keeping it perfectly uh, carbonated mm-hmm. or in carbonite, carbonated, carbonated. carbonated. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Maybe it is carbonated. Maybe that's he, why it's always like that. It's going to go for a good price. And then if like four movies from now, you see a droid walking by and he has Andy Serkis's hair. Oh, he's got Andy Serkis's hair. <laughs> imagine K2SO with Andy Serkis's Lego hat on his head. Wow, look at that. Look at that salt and pepper K2SO. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I would love for that to happen. Now I want this to happen. I don't want to see the serious show anymore. <laughs> right? 
maybe oh, man, maybe Taika Waititi is doing a Star Wars movie. Maybe he'll give it to yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he'll he'll have a K two S O and another it, droid wearing Luthen's wig. It's going to they be all got it on auction. It's going to be the dice from uh, Solo. You know, mm. it's like you don't think it matters oh, yeah. right now, but later on you're like, oh, it's the hair. <laughs> Of course, it's it reminds me of uh, how Marilyn Manson bought uh, Johnny Depp's uh, Willy Wonka wig for like a bunch of million dollars. There you go. Because uh, Johnny Depp said his biggest uh, influence for Willy Wonka was Marilyn Manson. So Marilyn Manson and Marilyn Manson Johnny Depp like played get like music together and stuff. Yeah. So so maybe maybe a droid who's like an avid fan of. Uh, Maybe maybe a maybe a guard that becomes a rebel or something like that. He's been watching Andy Serkis. He's like, Man, I hate you, but damn, you got a nice head of hair, dude. Yeah. I want that. It's his paycheck. That's what do you use, man? What kind of products do you use? <laughs> Once he gets out of prison, that's how he buys a house. Mm, he sells his hair. Maybe I should do that. You should do that, dude, with your dreads. <laughs> <laughs> that was if, that was... if our YouTube channel doesn't pop off, we're gonna start selling our hair, guys. Yeah, I guess so. We have no choice. <laughs> we have no choice, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was one of my biggest complaints that um, they get cleaned and everything, and they have shavers. But his he's the only one who gets. Maybe he's the as a floor manager, he gets to he gets access to the good good products. But we never see him do anything. But yeah, so now they're back to the assembly line. You see, uh, our boy Cass, like he's sort of getting uh he's becoming a part of the team and he's working uh hand in hand in step with everyone and you see him and and um we see our boy uh our boy blue <laughs> of the team <laughs> right Olaf. and he's like oh he's like oh my god i got the thing and we're, i'm like oh no poor poor old yeah man. right like, like what's that, what was happening there <laughs> he's just suddenly yeah, so confused <laughs> We had and also like, oh, no. and I was like, oh. we also had the little moment where Malchi is uh, gets uh, Cass's back, right? Where he's like, new guy. Oh no, actually that was before. Sorry, where yeah, where yeah, he's got called before. new guy. But you still you get shots of yeah. Malchi giving him the look, and they're like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. we we we'll work together. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Melchi, yeah. And uh, so what's uh, Andy Serkis comes back and reprimands Keith and he's like, dude, you're on a roll. You could be number one. It'd be a shame to waste it. What's wrong with you? And I'm like, God damn, Andy Serkis, you're, you're, you're pretty good at this acting thing. You know? Right. Again, yeah. I love that it's such a he, he's being the, the dick leader. But at the same time, there's always yeah. like a little bit of like, you know, I just want to win. You know, guys, we're like, if you yeah. like pull through, you guys could be number one today. And we're already in the lead. Like, if you don't, just don't exactly. drop. I might win today. I love it. He reminds me of like an old school, like American football coach. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> So now we come back to Morlana, which is Imperial occupied. And uh, we come back to uh, Bix is sort of uh, helping Marva. Marva is not, not doing so well. And um, our, 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 our first look at um, Cassian's uh, construction worker friend. Uh, he's back now. And I have found out his name finally. You know what his name is? Brazzo. Brazzo. Brazzo, he's this big hunk Italian guy in Morlana, <laughs> and his name is Brazzo, B-R-A-S-S-O, and I was like, hey, that's my boy, <laughs> Brazzo, I Brazzo, mean, and he's Lu Luca. What's what was the uh, my uh, Godfather's guy? 
I forgot his name. The the muscle Luca something. I don't remember. Yeah, my brother. Well, my, yeah, my, so. I'm wondering what uh, their plan is for Bologna. They keep going back there and, you know, like mm. reminding us these people. It, it, I don't know. It's obviously in this episode, it's because of Biggs and Cass. But, you know, mm. like they, we, we had that other cutback where we saw the Imperials setting up the office where they're now going yeah. to interrogate everybody. Well, like I guess that was yeah. was that just set up so that they can look for Bix this time, or do they have bigger plans for Milano? I'm curious to see where they go with that. Mm. Well, I think it was because uh, firstly they were looking for the Star Path unit, and then because of what um, because of what um, Cyril no, I, ended up doing, I totally get why we're here. I'm just saying, as the oh, show, right, okay, okay. why right, have right, they right, chosen right. to mm. make us come back here all the time? Because whatever else is happening with Luthen makes me care less and less about the people in Molana. Because that's the heart of the show. As I mentioned in previous in the previous episode, that's the only place where we've actually felt emotions. And it's because we're witnessing, okay. we're we're following this through Cassian's eyes. Okay. And wherever what however he feels is how sort of we're supposed to feel. And Morlana is where his heart truly is and the people the only people in the whole galaxy that he actually cares about. Okay. So I think the that's the heart of the show. And we're going to keep coming back. And I think the climax is going to happen, obviously, in Molana. I, I hope so. That That's what I mean. I'm curious to see what the future yeah. is for Molana. I know what they've been doing right. so far. Just what, what's mm. the end goal here? Right. But, yeah. So, um, then we we get um, Bix and uh, Brat so short, sort of just talking outside. Like, hey, what is she doing? Why is she outside? And uh, there's... She, um, Bix is like, oh, cause, cause she's a, cause she's a rebel, you know. She's, she's trying to fight, fight the rebellion. Uh, she's trying to fight the uh, Imperials, and we're like, oh, okay. And then Bratzo also mentions that she was a past president, and cause he's trying to get her better accommodation, with something called the past, the the daughters or something, and he's like, but she's a past president, and Bix is like, no, she's choosing to live here because she wants to, uh, and this actually now I just thought of it where. Uh, it goes into the personal the personal prison where where uh, Marva's finally escaped that. And yeah. that's what she was telling Cass about in the previous episode where I no longer feel scared, where I used to avoid the road. Now I walk there proudly. And now she's like, no, I'm not going to go hide. I'm going to stand up whenever I can. Totally. And yeah, yeah. So uh, Bix is like, all right, I'm going to go. And then um, uh, Bratz is like, hey, come on, what's going on? Well, why won't you just uh, just stay? And then we sort of uh, we zoom out, zoom out, zoom out, and we see someone uh, spying on them. And then we see, and well, 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 it's huh. me. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I wrote that down. <laughs> I, I like that it was right at the moment where I was thinking. Why are we spending time with Bratzo mm. and, and Bix right now? Bratz and then it's like, Bix. oh, it's well. But then I immediately thought, what the hell has she been doing for a month? The same as Dedra and everybody mm. else is looking for Cass. What the hell did they do for a month? Did they literally just sat yeah. there? Like, did it, did it take them yeah. a month to get to the point where they are now? Because right now it seems like they're just doing like the first steps to find Cass, right? Like, did it literally which like okay maybe yeah. for Val but even Val shouldn't have taken that long because Luthen knows exactly where she needs to go it's like yeah they, I spoke to Bix that's how I found him so go talk to Bix yeah. 
the hell was she doing for a month? Same with Dedra. Yeah. She was like sent on this mission and only now she <laughs> finds this report and calls in Cyril. Where again, yeah. I, I just, yeah. Again, I, the, the one well, month did, jump was very interesting. Yeah. It did, yeah. It did take um, um, Vel five months to plan shit out and still not True. know how, how troops how troops have their hands uh, guns facing so true yeah, maybe they're just kind of slow you know maybe they're yeah. just always falling off schedule <laughs> true true right <laughs> and uh, yeah uh, and then we see and I, yeah I had the exact same idea I was like why the hell are we after all this uh, like uh, boring scenes <laughs> where I, I feel like it could have been condensed why are we spending so much more time with Bix and Bratso out of all the people talking about Marvel like and then we see like Vel spying on them and then we see her meet up with Sinta. So this inadvertently became one of the best scenes for me where, again, it felt like, oh, this is the show I've been watching. No, not because of anything. Okay. Just just because of the way the, the scene played out and the way like the characters interacted with each other where I was like, okay, th- this has more energy to the way the scene is being show- uh, delivered to us. And, uh, and it had some really good character moments while Sinta and Vel are talking to each other. And and I really and I and I love those parts where uh, all the like I said all the part all the dialogue is either progressing the plot or or fleshing out the character, and that's what this scene and the last scene was more about, and it didn't feel meandering in here and there. And yeah, we get to know some cool stuff about uh, a, a Sinta sort of uh, uh, mentions to her straight away where where she's like, hey, the rebellion comes for me first. And have you noticed the theme with Vel that she's a little bit needy and she's a little more insecure in her relationships? Probably because she was, uh, maybe she was, uh, uh, I don't want to go deeper into it, but yeah, because she's disappointed with Luthen not showing up. She's like, uh, she's telling Sinta like, hey, after everything we've been through, you want to stay here by yourself again? And Sinta's like, dude, I told you from the beginning, the rebellion is first, we take what's rest. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And uh, you wanted to say something? or should I No, it's, uh, you're right. Probably, oh, yeah. That's... yeah and uh and then she also mentions uh, uh like like vel's like hey what would your alias be and she's like oh maybe i'm just a maybe i'm just a rich girl running away from her family and Vel's like hey that's cru- that's cold even for you and i was like oh that's kind of what we uh did, did we uh assume that 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 vel's maybe or no we, we think that the luthan's probably her dad right yeah but yeah, at least we get to know a little bit of Vel where, where okay, so Sinta's family was murdered by stormtroopers and uh, Vel's probably like a rich girl who... Oh, and it could be maybe uh, similarities, I just thought of that, between Leda, Leda, who is Mothma's daughter. Yeah. And and Leda could go the opposite way. She like could a, become an imperial because of that neglect. Yeah, like I said, it's Luthan and Mothra both slowly losing themselves for the rebellion. Yeah. Yeah. And uh yeah, and then Vel and then Sinta also says, Hey, you love me because I'm a mirror. I show you what you need to see. And I was like, Ooh. And uh that li- that line was really good, but it, it, the way she said it, it sounded like uh, you know, those old school fortune tellers where they're like inside of a like those like those scamming and they're sitting in like shopping malls and they're like, I'll show you what you need to see. And I was like, dude, this is supposed to be a nice little <laughs> romantic moment between them. <laughs> Why do you have to say it like that? Will we and, see them uh, kiss? Yeah. No, we just see them. Uh, no, will we? Oh, I'm I'm pretty sure. Yeah, right. I'm pretty sure. 
we have to see a gay kiss after all this build up especially now, especially since we've seen it um in um, in Rise of Skywalker that's why i'm asking because it'd be interesting are they yeah. going to put that stamp on on the show where is this the mm. first proper exploration of a gay couple in star wars so uh, yes yeah. yeah yeah and uh yeah so so they plan that uh, Vel's going to leave and Cinta's going to stay in in Morlana and uh, rent out a hotel and, and spy a little more. And then we get to Bix, who finds her boy, Salman. And uh, this is another thing that I finally noticed. You're talking about names and noticing things. You know what's his nickname? What is So his name is Salman. Okay, with spelled exactly how it is spelled here in on Earth. And uh, what's what, what, what does Bix call him? I don't know. Pack. <laughs> and and I wrote down why Star Wars. Why? Why did you have to do that? P P A A K. They they were oh. one letter short of making it a racial slur. <laughs> one alphabet short of making it an actual racial slur for someone named Salman. And I have Muslim friends, so I know this. Okay. And I was like, why? It doesn't even. It's not even. Maybe that's his last name. But even you could have picked any kind of last name. Why do you have yeah. to call him Pack? <laughs> so you already set a precedent for Tim with two M's, so you know you're just putting yeah. extra letters into words. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was like, what? Because she calls him Pack, and I was like, Pack wasn't he Salman? <laughs> and then later on, it's like when he's like talking to an officer, it says Salman, and I was like, wait, so is his last name? Because we've seen Dedra and Miro like in different ways, so, and her name is Dedra Miro. So is his name Salman Pack? Which would be fine, but it's just, like, it, it has a lot of connotations to where you could have picked any other name if you have to call him Salman. True. And, and that's, Salman is the only name I've, we've, other than maybe Ham, where I think it's spelled exactly like how it's spelled on Earth, other than any other name that is shown in the show. Yeah. Where, where it's a, where it's an Earth human name and it's spelled exactly like that. So yeah, I, I I don't know. There's, there's some bold choices, uh, Mr. Gilroy's, <laughs> all, all of you. <laughs> but yeah, so she finally she comes to him and uh, asks him, "Hey, can I please go check the communication? I really need to check it." And he's like, "Hey, it's actually been like out of service, not out of service, but no one's communicated in a long time." She's like, "No, no, no, please, I gotta go check it." Oh, I forgot to mention there was. Just randomly, because I like these type of little things. But in the crowd, when she sees mm. Salman, there's a guy in this crazy mm. blue outfit that looks like a space marine or something. Really dope. I okay. love that it, it's the same as with, mm. uh, at Mothra's party. You see all these random aliens and droids still oh, yeah. everywhere. And I like that they just sprinkle it everywhere and it's all practical yeah. and it, it all looks great. Every time I notice it. Yeah. But sorry, I, I just so wanted to aliens, mention it before it was really gone because the Space Marine really stuck out yeah. to me. I was like, I, that did looks cool. The the aliens at Mothra's party were even were noticeable to me where I was like, wow, that's really cool. And they look, they blend in so perfectly where it doesn't stick out from the point like, oh, it's like, oh my God, what, is that a practical effect? Is that a CGI? Yeah. Like it stuck out just because it was an alien, but it was like, it was perfectly like, wow, it's, it's a, uh, yeah. Yeah, I I I noticed that too. The, the their alien design and uh, has been has been really, and their costumes, I guess, has been really really well made. Where it almost feels like a movie, 
Totally you does. wouldn't expect this kind of uh, uh, this kind of costume design from like a TV show. This episode, almost more than any other so far, felt like a movie to me, just from the look. Mm. Mm. True, true. But uh, yeah, and uh, so she goes and she starts. Uh, she wants to communicate with Bix. Wants to communicate with Luthen, and uh, we get to Luthen now in his art dealer shop. And uh, Clea's listening, and Luthen's like, "Hey, maybe you can check with her." And Clea's like pissed at Luthen. She's like, "Hey, what's wrong with you? You're slipping." He's like, "No, man, I'm not slipping. I've been just hiding for too long, and and blah blah blah." You know. You want to say something? You, you... Uh, just uh, his assistant looked mm-hmm. a lot like the lady from Blade Runner, which I didn't realize before. The one that comes back mm-hmm. in twenty forty. No, what's the new one? In in the new one, twenty forty eight. Yeah, where where like she comes back because of battlefield. Mm-hmm. I always think of forty two now, but uh, yeah, she, for some reason again, I think it might have been just the choice to like make her like just to show the references that they they're giving nods right. to Blade Runner because she had like similar hair and a similar look, right? And I I yeah. think it is interesting as it's also Clea, and then when Luthen says it, it sounds a lot like Leia. Lane. No, that isn't. Oh, he says like Clea. Her name is Clea with a K, and then Y. Yeah. But yeah. So, but yeah, the way he oh, pronounces. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the way he pronounces like it is, is always sounds like Leia. <laughs> yeah, I actually didn't notice that at all. <laughs> That's actually kind of cool. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and and she has hair like, uh, yeah, like Leia in in one of the things where it's not exactly like that, but she has those buns which she changes to when she goes to meet uh, Vel. Yeah. When she's got her hood on and everything, yeah, yeah, that's that, that's true. That's kind of cool. But uh, yeah, and um, so this was again a very cool scene because we see like, um, uh, Luthen is questioning himself and he's like, "Why did I take on Andor?" And that was a stupid choice. And you know, again, like he's like, you know, just him out there knowing me, thinking about me, asking about me, and um. Claire's, Claire's like reassuring him like no 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 you needed him and you know if if that wouldn't have happened Aldani wouldn't have happened which kind of led me to think again and I thought of this earlier and I didn't want to bring it up but the fact that they question himself what exactly were was the specific skill set that that uh, Andor has that Luthen required because they actually needed a pilot right yeah it was really just him and flying Cass- that freight plane that's all yeah, they needed so him could- for in the in the entire galaxy, couldn't Luthen just find another pilot and not a thief? It totally is still who one of the mysteries. Knew how to pilot? It's the mystery right. is who's Luthen really, and why did he go after Cass? How did we don't know yeah. either of those things like fully? Yeah, that was my thing. Where I was like, Cass literally, he it's not even his like his unique skill set was like uh very like important to the mission where it's like oh by the way i can also pilot and i could maybe pilot a rono yeah i think it's very deliberate sure that he could it's very i think it's very deliberately set there because it's a big mystery of why cast out of all these people right in the entire galaxy and the fact that he knew he knew of he knew about cassian's father and all that stuff and uh yeah true 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 so um Clea's like, hey, we can't do this. You have to just shut it down. And uh Luthen's first uh, saying, like, no, 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 it's not that I'm slipping. And then he says, Okay, shut it down. And they shut the communication down to Morlana and you see Bix just completely 
like pissed off and like just like upset you know playing the keys keep trying to cut yeah you to 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 get them fast fingers fast fingers playing a solo on the on those keys damn dude she was going like and i was like damn wow cuz she has to hold the thing the ladder with one hand i was like wow man you you're going pretty fast on that like how many times did she send the message yeah no or like it reminded me of back in our day when we didn't even have a redial button on the phone and you would just texting on a redialing the number yeah that's texting on i'm i'm going even further back wait on like the old school landline phones where when they didn't even have redial so you just had to keep dialing the whole number over and over again and when someone didn't want to talk to you you would keep they would keep hanging up on you and you would keep redialing it <laughs> i don't want to ask to you. <laughs> i don't want to ask what the hell dude? <laughs> I, i'm gonna leave that this is nothing to... new with the next girlfriend okay <laughs> okay i hope so <laughs> like, who's hanging up on you <laughs> so why you keep calling him like, obviously hanging up on you they didn't want to talk to you <laughs> cuz i knew she was hanging out with tay okay i okay, knew it, so it and she told me she girlfriend. wasn't <laughs> no <laughs> I, was, i kept calling her and i was like i can hear tay in the background i know you're there you're not at home you're not talking to your girlfriend and she's like stop calling Click. me okay i'm not hanging out with tay i was like i know you're not start calling tay i know you were there i know you're there is the tay just keeps hanging out like you both keep hanging up on me i know what's going on i've redialed this number so many times i i can play a symphony on my phone and <laughs> uh, yeah uh but yeah so we get back to uh so so big is like pissed and we sort of zoom out of that that thing that she's in the silo kind of looking thing and we see vel uh flying away in that bus that luthen came to morlana morlana were you in expecting the... willy to show up no but she was sitting in the exact okay. same seat as uh luthen yes. foreshadowing that he yeah. she's probably his daughter Yes exactly and and uh Luthen but she was sitting on the aisle I think uh mm-hmm. not at the window It seemed like the same seat It seemed like the same seat Right She was looking out the oh, window Oh yeah it's the same seat sorry yeah, yeah 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 in the same way that and yeah. she is a little more like uh sad where Luthen had like a little like uh, he yeah. was on a, he was I, focused it, on a mission cuz he was way, arriving to The angle the shot and the seat all of it was exactly like yeah. Luthen I think very deliberately yeah, I agree and the ironic part is like i because she was sitting in that same exact seat i was thinking that maybe willy might show up again and then i was like oh it's written by some guy named willy and i was like what the hell <laughs> did they just just do this on purpose <laughs> willy was yeah, there all along you see her looking out the window willy was there all along he was the one writing the show <laughs> that's why he showed up to luthen is getting is getting uh we're breaking the fourth wall <laughs> And uh, yeah, uh we see her looking out the window and then we see Cinta looking out her window where they're sort of longing for each other and they're kind of missing each other, you know. But they're still on a mission. And uh, or, or 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 the other thing was that um Vel is looking out the w- window looking sad cuz she's longing to be with Cinta and Cinta's looking out the window cuz she's focused on her mission spying on Bratzo's house. Bratzo. The contrast in Bratzo. I keep calling him I uh, that name is stuck in my head now the the godfather's muscle who is like and this when Al Pacino is trying comments. to explain to K just leave yeah, a yeah, comment put in the comments guys his name is Luca Brazzo I think that's his name 
I mean, like I said, you can come back and leave it yourself in the comments. Let everybody yes, know. Yes, yes, yes. Please, please leave it in the comments. You, you yourself can go leave it in the comments for the people. Oh, me? Yeah. Okay, I think it's Luca Brazzi. Yeah. Uh, anyways. <laughs> so we, uh, we see Luthen back in his ship and he's going to some place called... Uh, let me look this up because I want to say it correctly. Segramilo. 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 Again, new planet. Segramilo. New planet. And he says, take the long route. And you see him sort of get out of his gown. So you know that he's going to get into a different kind of attire and a different kind of persona. Right? Yeah. He's getting back into his rebel mode. Mm. He's going to take his wig off. Literally. it'd be amazing if like at the end of this if if at the end of the show we see his wig and then next to it there's like a quaffed wig <laughs> that's yeah. like that's the that's <laughs> that's the Serkis manager is... wig that <laughs> yeah uh, exactly it's like just andy circus's <laughs> wig just sitting there next to yeah. his he bought it yeah <laughs> he was the one who bought it <laughs> and uh yeah so uh we we then get to a shot which is a very uh kind of a uh, depressing shot of some guy committing suicide by stepping onto the hot lava floor. Again, and, first uh, in Star Wars. The first suicide yeah. in Star Wars, I, I assume. Oh, really? Is that the first? I'm pretty sure. Who else could, like, literally just kills himself? Pretty dark. Yeah. Again. But it was, yeah. yeah, very, very dark. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and the crazy thing about that was that the comments, it was so realistic where the prisoners, some of the prisoners were like, mm-hmm. oh my God, he's going to be smelling all night. Yeah. Like, oh, geez. Like, <laughs> at the same time, I got really hung up on the part that he jumps on, they turn off the floors, turn on the lights. Everybody's, everybody's like, shit, he's dead. Then they're like, okay, we're turning the floors back on. Lights go off. Red light goes on. Body is still on the floor. Why isn't he getting electrocuted? Even if he's dead, I feel like his body would be twitching or something from how much electricity they're shooting into the bodies. But he's just lying there lifeless. Oh, like, you think he would, like, come back to life? <laughs> Not come back to life. Hey, maybe. You can shock him like, back to life. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you, don't get to su- you don't get to commit. You don't even get to escape the prison in that manner, dude. You right. don't even get to commit suicide. We're going to bring you back to life. <laughs> right. That would be hilarious. Sad and hilarious. But still. Yeah. Imagine I, I if that happened. Like, he just I, pops back up. <laughs> again, I, you know, you, you're just saying, like, it was so realistic with them uh, talking about his smell and shit. But at the same time, I was like, yeah. but you didn't explain how his body can just be on the electrified floor. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. I think they just wanted to have the, the shot of, like, you know, the dark shot of, like, his just body on the floor. Probably. And, like, the zoom out and cast just in his, in his the, yeah. They, they didn't really think of the actual physics about it. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> you would just start flopping like a fish and it's like hey whoa, whoa he's alive he's alive someone catch him someone catch him <laughs> while he's in the air when he's flopping <laughs> someone try to catch him <laughs> oh my god I don't like that we're joking about this one <laughs> we started off it's like oh my god it's gonna be sick. this dark scene <laughs> now I'm just picturing him like flopping up and down Doing the worm. people just like trying to get like you know you know one of them doing the worm and he actually ends up next to Cass <laughs> Cass is like oh my god he's right what the hell and people have like that giant like that uh, giant cartoonish net 
that yeah. they try to capture. Like, you know, <laughs> like, okay, Get back here. Put it under him. Put it under him. <laughs> put it under him when he flops. <laughs> oh lord. Well, yeah, that that's not how it ends, guys. It, it just ends like with him just there, and it's a pretty depressing scene. <laughs> it's it's not as comical as as we wished it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh man now I want all these scenes that we've talked about I want this to happen in the show <laughs> we have to do an animated version uh, of this <laughs> yeah exactly so, so someone has to show this it's like in Pulp Fiction you know they give him and they, they, they have that for uh, what's his name I was gonna call mm-hmm. him uh, Mice uh, <laughs> Mimic uh, Nimic Nemic. Nemic. <laughs> Namak Namak yeah <laughs> they throw some salt on those wounds. <laughs> if you understand Hindi, listeners. <laughs> Alright, so now we're back to Marlana and uh, and we hear the wood clanking back. <clears throat> they notice that, cool. And, oh, really? You didn't notice that? that that's what uh, that's what gets uh, Bix to be like, hey, where is, what's happening? All the wood clanking oh, is happening. Oh, right. Means, yeah. I got so caught up on the, the just her going there. Cause she goes up yeah. and she's like, why is there a crowd? And yeah. they're like, like yeah. pulling the dude and they're like, where's my father? And yeah. I, the whole time I'm thinking if it was Bix, I would not be standing there. They put like taking people away without answering questions or, yeah. or asking questions yeah. and just, just people are disappearing and you're like a shady motherfucker <laughs> and you're just standing there in the crowd. Like, Hey, what's going on guys? <laughs> what's happening over <laughs> what's here happening? guys? It looks kind of bad. Yeah. What? And then, of course, the first thing they do is like, we're looking for Bix. And she's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, me. And even Bratso is like, <laughs> and she still doesn't leave, actually. Because, right? uh, no, actually, she finds out uh, first they find out. So when she comes to the crowd, she meets Bratso and Bratso is like, uh, so they see. So, so that's Salman's kid. Remember, we saw yeah. that kid uh, informing Salman that this is happening. So that's Salman's kid. And he's like, you've taken my father. And Bratso is like, hey, they took uh, Pack. Uh, they took Pac and he never returned back from the hotel and I was like oh no stop it Star Wars <laughs> I, I see where you're going with this <laughs> with all these names and everything and uh, and so you see Bix going like oh shit it's because of me like she didn't say that but you see that on her face and Bratz was like you okay and I'm like Bix get out of there you can you can contemplate all these things on your way back to your uh, right. apartment or whatever you know you don't hang around like, uh, you've heard of serial killers going back to the scene of the crime and then just like, you know, for the thrill of it. It's like, Bix, you're not that. You need to get out of there. What the hell are yeah. you doing? <laughs> like, this, this is not yeah, a fight yeah. or flight moment. This is a flight. You you go, yeah. you, you're basically a spy, you know. Well, she, uh, she, she became a deer in headlights, I guess. I guess. She, I mean, she's not, she's not as, she's not as good as Cass. Cass's reflexes would have been like, oh shit, I got to get the hell out of here. This is like she has. She seems like she's been doing this type of stuff for a minute. She should be smart enough to be like, "Look, last time there was like something like this was happening. My boyfriend died. Why would I go back then? And Bratzo is going to be the next one to get shot if it's not me." Which, which is funny because, so this is the second time she's affected someone close to her, uh, uh, who got involved with her, uh, and got got murdered by the Imperials. And even when Tim died, she was like trying to get to his his body. And Salman was the one who pulled her away saying like, no, we got to get out of here. So maybe that's her character where she's just, 
she's not like Cass where she can't think practically in an emotional distraught moment like that where she actually is emotionally distraught where she doesn't think rationally or practically where she's like oh shit yeah. i got to get out of here i'm more i'm more like oh my god what have like so i think this is a good if if this is what they're doing this is a good contrast between her and cassian which is what we always said is like i've never seen seen guilt or regret on his face ever despite yeah. all the crazy shit he's done i've never once seen him feel guilty or even regretful for anything he's done he's hurt so many people people who are close to him and we see the contrast with him someone who's in a similar environment as him and she is now both times whenever she's affected a person negatively or caused their demise in a sense she's been so distraught where the only thing she thinks of is like no i got to get to that person rather than her own safety and she's yeah. had to be pulled away both times no this is true it's a good contrast yeah. that's actually yeah i just thought of that i'm very smart yeah. look at you <laughs> yeah bix is not as smart as me yes not otherwise she wouldn't have been caught i guess not exactly <laughs> and again so going back to that where uh the prefect out of all the crowd he just goes kaline hey that's you <laughs> and i was like wait what <laughs> he just pointed her out in this giant crowd with all the wood clanking going and the I dude think shouting i had a picture cuz he he was playing it off of being like you totally look like a bix but i think he was just mm. joking around where it's like <laughs> for real i like i just got the contract yeah. i walk out of the building i'm like anybody yeah. know bix and he looks over and is like wait a minute you're right here but they couldn't do that yeah. for andor that was my point they can do it for bix that's the- but cast is just sitting there maybe cuz she's a girl i mean you take it there you take it man no 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 my was much better sorry <laughs> oh, yeah uh yeah so um the prefect that we that was established earlier and he's she's not even like in like right in front of the crowd there's like a whole crowd and then she's like behind that crowd so the prefect saw her through this one crowd and she's like way in the back and he goes big scalin that's you after her and and uh, bratso just like sort of t- tells her like hey like get to this place and he kind of acts like a diversion in between them and uh, then an imperial screams like get her and i was like oh that my god did you notice that scream yeah, very, yeah, that very was intense. very, very intense. Get her! And I was like, oh my god, like, dude, dude what did she do? Like, Cassian mm-hmm. murdered two fucking corporals. <laughs> she just, like... <laughs> but yeah, I guess she's more important to uh, the Imperial's mission. So, yeah. And uh, Bix start, starts to run away, and now we get to the best scene where, I guess, you want to just take over? No, I, it was also, last thing about that, with the scream, I guess... This time it wasn't the corporals, was it? Actually, it was the corporals. Or was it Imperials? Yeah. Okay. It was the ones in the middle. Right? It was one step over the blues. Yes. So and maybe one step that, below the whites. Yeah. So maybe they were trying to show that, basically. But yeah. Now we get to Sergomilo. 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 The the first thing that you see is Erdic Two Tubes. I don't know if you remember him. Two Tubes? No, no he was also in Rogue One. He's part of uh, Sagarera's team. And we saw, I think, someone who was related to him uh, earlier in the season. Where, like, it was a guy who looked like Two Tubes, but it, it wasn't him. And, like, now we, and also the guy who plays Two, 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 two Tubes, 
played someone else already in the show before. But yeah, okay. we, we saw him in the trailer and yeah, we finally see our man standing there looking dope with the rifle looking over and in the back you oh. see a black and gray X-Wing looking ready for action and everything. Dope setup. Like immediately when you see him, you're like, oh, uh, is is this what we're doing? <laughs> and I, I didn't know his name was Two Tubes. I called two- him uh, Star Wars Immortal Joe. Like, yeah, basically. But I think his na- name is Erdic, <laughs> but everybody knows him as Two Tubes. <laughs> two Tubes. Two Chain Star Wars cousin. <laughs> what, what? But yeah. What, what? And uh, we get to see our man, Forrest Whitaker, Saw Gerrera is back. Back than ever. The rebellion. Back. Got to save the, the rebellion. rebellion. Which was what was uh, what was interesting. Save the save the what was it? Save the rebellion. Save the dream. Save, save yourself or something like that. Save That's the, the trailer, trees. Right? <laughs> but uh so, save the trees. <laughs> the the big uh, thing that is a big indicator of what might happen in the show, which would be amazing, is Saw Guerrero. We see him. Not only is he not bald, we, he has the hair from the beginning of Rogue One. Hmm. He doesn't have the breather or the robot leg. He's very much oh. nimbly bimbly on two legs. So oh, right, maybe they're true. setting up that we will see over the course of these three seasons how Saw actually got the breathing apparatus and the leg. Mm. Which is great. I hope he comes back because, again, it felt like it was like a day of work. It was one dialogue, but it was so good. You want- uh, I wanted to just quickly mention about his breathing thing where uh, you think it would be like similar to like that guy, General Grievous, because he also has a breathing thing, right? Yeah, we don't know. It's it's is it a disease? Is it from a wound? What is it? You know, because mm-hmm. I think Grievous right. specifically had a problem. <laughs> I was oh, <kidding>. okay. <laughs> well, I actually I don't remember. Like, I mean, the the main thing about Grievous is that like there was very little man left, and he was mainly droid by that point. But he still had the space cough, so I don't know. Yeah, but, I, I heard that it was explained in the Clone Wars or something. Yeah, like that's what. Animated Clone Wars. But um, yeah, it was Wait, really cool to see Luthen speak to Sagarera, see two different rebel, not like kind of leaders mm-hmm. of their own factions. But it also the what Saw is talking about them when Luthen is trying. Basically, we find out that Luthen has been funding Sagarera's like mission by getting the the stuff that he's stealing. He is selling to. Probably saw and other people like Saw Gerrera. and uh, yeah, this time he's saying he's come with a with a new device, but to to give it to him, he wants a Saw Gerrera to meet another one. Which we assume, uh, what was his name? I had mentioned it, uh, and Anto Krieger, Anto Krieger, Kriegs, or Kriegs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it seems no, like no, Krieger. I think Krieger. You're right. Yeah, with a G Y R, Krieger. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, it seems like he's being set up as another big figure that is probably on the level like Luthen and Saw has its own little faction. But this is where Sagara then suddenly flips, where it seems like he really wants to part. I also like the thing that they they they're playing each other and they they're both acting like they don't know who did the heist, but it's kind of showing that it goes back to that was my favorite part the the rebels are so deep in it they can't trust anybody like not even each other where it goes back to Luthen trying to get Andor killed 
you know, because yeah, they're hiding secrets from everyone. Everyone is kind of on their own mission, their own rebellion, which mm-hmm. then yeah goes to the whole thing of an alliance later. And the the four things he mentions mm-hmm. are separatists, which uh, probably a holdover from the Clone Wars, the neo republicans. Mm-hmm which are people who want to restore the old Republic. The Gormans are back. He calls it the Gorman Front, which we still don't know what it is, but uh, Mon Mothma has been mentioning her, mentioning them like twice, maybe three times already. So they seem to be a pretty big threat that's going to come up at at a certain point. Maybe that's where Anto Krieger comes in or something like that. I don't know. Mm. And then, as I mentioned earlier, there's the Patesian Alliance, which so far... Only Cassian has mentioned it. We don't really know what it is. But because it's Partesian, it, it seems like they're the people who are separatists. Like, like not separatists, but like they're, they're trying to, like, you know, they, they're a bit more segregational, you know. Um, right. But yeah, it, it seems like all these groups, movements, ideologies, they're all seemingly separate and they only com- communicate through people yeah. like Saw and Luthen, you know. And like I was mentioning earlier, I think that's the setup of showing why why is there not a rebellion right now? Like what what is where are we right now in the in the fight? And I guess I, for me personally, I saw it as the as the setup for the rebel alliance. Right now, it's a rebellion, but it's becoming the alliance where all these these mm. separate groups will have to come together and put their ideologies apart. Where it also kind of it it sets up this whole thing where Sagarera and Rogue One, the whole idea was the the rebellion could they made it seem like Sagarera was so off the beaten path that like they're they're calling him crazy, a lunatic with like methods that we can't support. And that's why they are separate from Saw and they have like cut ties with him. But in this it also kind of shows that maybe Saw just doesn't have the same beliefs that like the rebellion, there's still certain ideologies in there. And they just don't align with Saw. And he's like, he he knows this is a possibility where everybody can still fight the same fight, you know. But, um, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, there's also the, the last thing I, I mentioned, like, uh, you know, Luthen says empathetically, like, we need to pull together Saw, whatever your, our final vision of success looks like, there's no chance any of us can make it in real on our own. You yeah. know, and like Luther is right, which is again, it's it's showing everybody like all these factions have to be rolled together into the alliance to get anything done. But in this timeline of Andor, they're they're just not there yet, not even close, which is really cool to see. Mm. But yeah, yeah, that was my notes for this scene. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 yeah, man, uh, this was like. It, it, this felt like the Darth Vader scene at the end of Rogue One, where I was like, "Hey, whoa, look at that! That's uh, it's so much energy, and it's it's so like I was like, wow, okay, this is what I wanted to see." And uh, yeah, man, just just some of the things that they're talking about uh, loosens like, "Hey, we gotta put away our petty differences," and just the way they're playing off of each other, it is so great. Just I don't know, man, it's just something the dialogue, the banter, and the fact that they're talking about such important things and. It's so like specific to the plot and so important to the plot where it it checks like all the things that you need from uh from a scene. And and that's what made me just like, wow, man, it was amazing just seeing these two guys just go at it, come coming from two similar I- ideas, but having completely different ways to go about it, like you said. 
Luthen's like, no, I'm just a coward and like, you know, I'm just scared that the Empire will take over the galaxy and it'll be like too late for us to do anything. And then he mentions uh, two things he mentions very, very that I just wanted to the two lines. He says oppression breeds rebellion. And then he also mentions to Forrest Whitaker and he says anarchy is a seductive concept. And I was like, wow, man, like nice great writing, you know. Lies. Lies. <laughs> Lies. Oh, man. Yeah. And also Forrest. Separatist. <laughs> and I was, when he was going on that rant about all the names he was mentioning, I was like, stop, dude. You're giving me like... <laughs> I was like I, like, I don't think I'll be able to speak after this. Right? I was like, I don't know how you're able to do that. As an, I mean, we're talking about... We've mentioned this in an extra about Christian Bale doing a Batman voice. Like, dude, Forrest Whitaker doing this voice is so... Like, it has the opposite effect of like... He does a crazy voice, but it works so well. And it's like, wow, man, how are you able to do that? And like, without having like a sore throat. <laughs> My thought was, uh, do I remember what Forrest Whitaker sounds like when he doesn't do the voice? Does he always sound like that? No, I don't Cause, anymore. Cause I, was thinking <laughs> I think of that's the, just what he sounds like. I was thinking of the last King of Scotland. And I feel like even that's, yeah. he has a kind of like a raspy thing when he's doing his speeches yeah. and shit. So I was like... Has he just always sounded like that? I don't know. <laughs> I was like, wait, I, okay. Anyways, I, I was, I, my Maybe. throat was getting really scratchy listening yeah. to him. I, I needed a couple of ginger uh, drops after, after, after watching that scene. Nice! Maybe, maybe, maybe his voice in Last King of Scotland was like the beginning. And then it's like 20 years later, this is what his voice sounds like. <laughs> And uh, yeah, man, it was it was great. And also, one one thing Forrest mentions, I, I'm just calling Forrest. I, I I don't know what his actual Saul Guerrero, Saul like the Saul Sa- Saul Guerrero. Yeah. Oh, like Saul Goodman? No, like Saul, like the Saul. Oh, Saul. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I I I wrote that that they called him Saul. I thought maybe that was like uh like an alias or something. No, no. Like he's he's been around. Like he's not just in Rogue One. He's all over the like Clone Wars and. Re- like rebels whichever okay. one of those shows there's like a, they they show him from being like a young like fighter like in his 20s and stuff mm-hmm. and like he's all thin and shit okay. and like this is oh, like yeah. the end of his career i want to see i want to see de-aged uh, forest whitaker be like all like young and handsome <laughs> <laughs> With with like a really good voice you know <laughs> yeah. he has to computerize his voice to make him sound normal because his voice would be the most recognizable. Like how Cyril says, I could recognize Luthen by his voice. Forrest Whitaker would be the most recognizable person. He's like, hey, can you say this sentence for me? Oh, no, the rebellion. I say, okay, that's our guy. <laughs> we found him. <laughs> can everyone just say this one word, please? Rebellion. He's like, oh, that's our guy. Rebellion. <laughs> Lies. He's trying to be like rebellion. He's trying to have some gravitas. <laughs> they can't. He can't do it anymore. <laughs> it's all lies. And uh, yeah, uh, the the one thing he mentions is that he he claims that he's the only one with a clarity of purpose, and that's something we talked about in previous episodes mm-hmm. about Cyril and Cass and yeah. having purpose in their lives. And Cyril also finds purpose in this episode. Finally, something he's been pining for all throughout the show. Clarity and purpose, not in voice. Shit. <laughs> or or in or in sight. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. It's just it's just, just a lazy. not to body shame. <laughs> it's just a lazy eye. I don't think it affects your sight. No, it's not. Dude, his is I don't think it's just a lazy eye. 
Forrest Whitaker has a lazy eye. That's no, like, like, but la- usually when people have a lazy eye, their their both eyes are still uh, pretty much symmetrical. His no. his one eye is just like yeah. I, you, I almost have you thought never for seen a second Forrest where. Whitaker? No, 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 I know, I I know that he looks like that, but I'm saying like uh, like normally that's not what a lazy eye al- always looks like. That is like exactly. Forrest Whitaker has a lazy eye and something on top of that, no. where his eye, like his physical appearance of the eye, is also really small. Then what is the lazy eye? The lazy eye is a drooping eye. No, I th- I thought lazy eye is just where like your pupil is lazy. <laughs> no, I mean, like no, no, not lazy. Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's that a lazy a pupil. <laughs> that is a different name. Uh, <laughs> but the 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 girl from the, the, the I mean, the, 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 I, I think that's a mean way to say. The it. girl from the Good Place has it. Christian Bell, she mentioned it. What you're talking about, which is also yeah, I think you can call oh, it right. lazy eye as well. But like it's something else where like her, her eye just stops moving after some time. She kind of has to like whack herself yeah. to get it to go. But also lazy eye. Because it's lazy. As I think I, that's where the term comes no, from. No, the lazy comes from the drooping. It looks like it's not putting any more work. I've never. <laughs> it's a lazy eye, bro. It's, it's just, it's just I've, slouching. I've, I've, never, I've, never, I've never seen it on anyone else other than Forrest Whitaker. That's my point. Like I've, oh, I've never bro, seen it. I've anywhere. seen many. I, like there's another. I know from Germany, for example, there's a famous comedian called Karl Dahl. And he has the craziest lazy eye ever. And we always call it a lazy eye. Really? Yeah. I think that, that 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 was my problem. I think I've seen way more Christian Bell-like lazy eyes, especially in real life as well. So I'm like, uh, so for me, that was like, I thought Forrest Whitaker has a lazy eye and his eye is also just like the physical appearance is like, well, well we shouldn't be making fun of it. But I'm not making fun of it. You are. <laughs> no, you, you are. <laughs> no, you are. <laughs> and and you know what's funny is that the moment I noticed his eye, I because I, I, I haven't seen Forrest Whitaker in so long, right? So when I was uh, he's doing the voice, and I and I saw his eye, and for a second I was like, man, look at him. He's able to do his facial expression so well, where he's able to get into character. And then I remembered that that's how he actually look at looks. him. Look at and him. And I thought of the, the lazy eye. Who? How does he <laughs> yeah. act? The lazy eye. <laughs> and, and then I was I, the term lazy eye came to my mind, and it immediately took me back to the eye of Aldani, where I was like, imagine if it was the lazy eye of Aldani, where the meteor showers just start dropping in the middle of the thing. <laughs> See, now you're making fun of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm making fun of the the meteor shower. <laughs> okay. Anyways, but yeah, that that's the uh, scene yeah. between Lupin and Saw, the the best yes. moment of the episode. I totally agree. Big. Yes. And uh, f- and Forrest declines the sale from Luthen and to meet with Anto Krieger and uh, yeah and then we get back to Morlana and uh, Bix is caught. Uh, Dedra's like uh, the prefect. The- Dedra has Pack in the torture uh, or the interrogation uh, chair, and uh, the prefect's like, "Should I get him out of here?" And Dedra's like, "No, I want her to see him." That's the little aspect where I was like, oh man, like, I mean, that's obviously yeah. a pretty good interrogation tactic. Amazing. But at the same time, it's like, does she enjoy that or is she really good at her work? And, uh, and then you know, I, the, I love the so, little, little thing where then Bix comes in and she's like, what are you doing? Get him out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Plays yeah. it off where perfectly. She's like, yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. And, and then she does this to Mira where she shows her the chair and she just smiles and she just points at it. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. dude. Dedra's like uh, pretty scary now. What's that not stuck, maybe just doing her job? Maybe what stuck yeah. out to me is that that seat was very saddened. It was very droopy. Yes, a lot of people had sat yes. in that chair. Uh, uh, oh, 
<laughs> well, where were you going to go with it? What did they do with the chair and your head cannon? No. No, I, I didn't even think of the chair. I thought you were saying the scene was very sad. And oh, I was no. like, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, it was a very sad scene, dude. You're I th- right. <laughs> I thought you were going to give me a breakdown of like the, 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 the sloping no, 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 chair. No, 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 from the chair. And, the, <laughs> and because so, of that, the, the sexuality of, of Deborah is in question. <laughs> you know, maybe they're trying to oh, hint at her man. libido being very saggy. I don't know. <laughs> Yes, yes, exactly. That's exactly what I was going. You see, Root, you don't get it. You know <laughs> the English literature behind the chair. <laughs> uh, have you? Have you? It, it took me back to that uh, amazing song by Rebecca Black, "Which Seat Can I Take?" <laughs> <laughs> that, nice, good pull. I, I did it. <laughs> uh, leave it there. I don't need to add nothing. To I, sh- <laughs> I should be excused completely from my entire serial rant. <laughs> And just edit that out and just keep this in. <laughs> I'm very ashamed of that. That it's worse than my Andor reflection. <laughs> oh man. Those should be in the outtakes, the, the terrible outtakes we, we can't have. <laughs> and uh yeah. <laughs> it's more, it's a spe- the, yeah, the, so now, it's the special thing for everybody who is willing to sit with us. You know, as if you sit here for long enough, <laughs> yes, you get the gold, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes yeah you, you you get the gold exactly <laughs> oh man oh i'm so su- i'm sweating after that whole seal run i don't know what twitter is going to do to me <laughs> <laughs> the moment i brought it up i was like oh no i have to go through with this now <laughs> tweet at us at the red chill let us know what you think of shaps's rant uh or or please just i, I was, i'm sorry guys okay i'm apologizing in advance <laughs> it was just like <laughs> i went too far <laughs> we've gone too far <laughs> he's gone too far <laughs> too far i've gone too far <laughs> in a world in a world where twitter is trying to cancel <laughs> chabs plants his flag on the hill he doesn't want to he shoves plants his flag into cereal <laughs> implies he's implies he's gay <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Okay, I'm just gonna get through this last scene, so I so I just stop talking, okay? Because I'm scared I'm gonna get myself into trouble the more I say words, <laughs> the more words that come out of my mouth. I feel like I'm gonna get more, more well, into trouble. We're at the end of the episode, anyways. We're at the last scene. We're at the last scene. Uh, Dedra shows Bix the chair. Bix is like, "Oh my god!" Dedra's like, "Yeah, that's what's gonna happen to you, buddy." And then we get to the assembly line, and we see our boy Cast just like on it, like boom, 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 and it's like. That's what shows like his, and I think this is the first time, I don't know, obviously he's scheming, but out of all the teams he's been in, this is the first time he's actually gotten acquainted into a team right away. He's always been trying to detach himself from the team, like you mentioned, but in this one, he starts off completely detached and now he's fully in it. We'll see what his motives are, obviously. Well, it goes into the theme of like, in this prison, there's no individuality. They're known as the tables, Mm. they're numbers. Mm. Ooh, they've taken like the they've taken the individuality out of Andor. Mm, I like that. But um yeah man. That's uh it just sort of um you see him just assembling the thing, they assemble it, and it just sort of ends. And written by directed by Toby Haynes and written by Bo Willimon. Willimon! Yo, I I said that correctly, actually. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's episode eight. Any uh, final thoughts you have of uh, the episode? 
Uh, I yeah, I meant I noticed one small little thing where when the show ends, the transition music from the scene to credits, it was a little jarring. Okay. Uh, normally all the episodes, the way they end, the music sort of transitions into the post credits, leaving you with that same emotion of the ending of the scene. But in this, it was like there was like it was ramping up the music, like a lot of drums and percussion, and it still goes in that vibe. But there's like a small little jarring transition like a quick thing where you're like hey what what, what happened and it's like oh now we're in the post credits it yeah, almost it, seemed like post credit music was shot already where it didn't do a fade in or whatever it reminded me of uh, the end of episode six where it's also the mm-hmm. music is swelling and you see luthan excited and like um just elated about what went down yeah. and it just cut, right. cuts to credits of like yeah right yeah, no, no, but that was like a perfectly done cut. Well, it's uh, a different it energy where like, you, it, it, but it was, it reminded me of the same thing of, you know, the, it leaves you with that, like you're saying, when it leads you in, it leaves you with that energy, but the, the abrupt cut leaves you in with a certain energy as well. Where like there, it was a, a, a feeling of excitement here. It's more a feeling of dread. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't like an abrupt cut. That's the thing about this, where it was like a, it was the same kind of music, but it just changed slightly. And it just, uh, I think if you go back and listen to it, you might hear it where it just s- seemed jarring, where mm-hmm. like the Luthen scene was like perfect the way it was cut, right? Yeah. The energy was like flowing and then it's cut. Here it was just like the music was going and then they carried on with a similar type of music, but just a little bit louder. And and it wasn't like a the progression and the transition from scene to credit wasn't there okay yeah, yeah it was it was it just felt a little weird that, for me it, it, made it, was, me, it, it, it was feeling uneasy where it's like oh fuck he's really he's yeah, stuck in it. this place mm. and hey. also like where, where what's he gonna uh, get up to after this and what the prison break moment i think that's where it's gonna go as well but yeah that's uh nakina five yes sir any any closing thoughts uh no man i think i think we covered it all uh too much actually <laughs> uh, and uh you stand with your rating yes i i still do actually i was thinking of that now that i've gone over the entire episode i was thinking that maybe i might rate it a little higher at, uh hearing your thoughts on it that i might go to 7.8 maybe from 7.5 but i'm still not able to give it an 8 because i think but- what i felt about the previous scenes and then having seen luthan and Forest Whitaker scene, I still have the exact same feelings about um, how it was paced and how it was structured. Okay. I Like I said, I'll stay with my 8.5. I told you why exactly at this point. Overall, I think it was fun. Every scene that we went through, I usually don't have that many notes. But this time, I really, really got a lot of a lot of out of each scene. Mm. I think it was I, I like the setting. I would like a good prison break. I like seeing new mm. locations and there, it was set up well where i was saying with, with the looks that Cass was giving i it could have been seen as him just being like fl- like flabbergasted like uh worried right. like out of his comfort zone but for me just because maybe i've seen too many heist movies or whatever it really felt like oh we're just in here and every little bit of information mm-hmm. i'm just sitting there and i was like well how is he going to use this to break out 
You know, like how is it going to come into play? What, uh, in what order does he have to use this information to get his way out? Because no one else is going to come for him. No one knows he exists. The empire doesn't know he's existing in this place. Right. So how will anybody else find him? The only way out of there is with other prisoners. So it has to be a prison heist, uh, a prison break. And prison break, yeah. Yeah, so for all of that, like I said, I, I got a lot out of it. And I thought everything was very smartly intercut and all the information given was great. I, again, I, every scene had like a little something for me to take out of it. And I think out of all the middle episodes, this was my favorite. Where the, oh, really? Yeah, because episode two, I didn't know where we was go were going. There was a lot of talking and it was just in right. this junkyard planet. And I was just like, what, what's the point of this? Episode right. four, uh, no, five. Five. Was the, I felt the tension of four was so, so high where then five was kind of like, okay, now we're just going, It we weren't setting up the heist further. That heist was set up in the episode before. Right. Now we were just spending time on the characters again. And the location was just this giant green Scotland fields and, you know, and, and intercut with that sterile imperial place where this time in this episode, you got a completely brand new location, took us to a right. completely brand new planet. It didn't just use it as backdrop. It really played into like, what does this planet mean and how does it function? Mm. At the same time, it didn't do too much with the Imperials. It just gave us a little bit with Cyril. They didn't do too much with Moth. It just gave us a little bit with Moth. Then we go over to Molana. And in total, we had five different planets. Well, we, by the end, we meet Saw Gerrera. And right. in total, like, it was many locations, all well used. And yeah, overall, I, I, I just really, for uh, a character building, this time world building, where it's building up location building, really. Um, and yeah. plot building. I think out of all, it was just the most interesting because of setting and uh, yeah, we again the, what, the the one thing I really yeah sorry 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 yeah I was just saying the, the 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 themes and tones that I was getting out of it, where maybe for you it was on the nose, but for me it was more mm -hmm. this is giving me more backstory and understanding of the world, and I wasn't mm -hmm. distracted like them mentioning the navy or something like that and thinking about my world. I was thinking about Star Wars when they're mentioning all that stuff. See, that's the stuff where, where it's funny because that's the stuff that took me out of the whole Star Wars moment where where I was like, that stuff feels like way more, uh, where I, it almost felt like prequel type politics where it became, it turned into like boring politics, no. but not like, it's, it wasn't like, <laughs> it wasn't as, as, as not, not as bad, not as bad, but it, it was like, it was on that level of in comparison to how it's been handled throughout the episodes so far. Where I was like, and throughout the episodes, they've mentioned politics and they've dealt with politics, but it's been in a more digestible manner uh, for a Star Wars universe. Universe, and and uh, yeah, what, one thing I will mention that that I really liked about this was this is the one of the first episodes or maybe second where now we finally see all those things that were set up in all the previous episodes finally yeah. get interconnected. Yeah, that's what where I mean. What I we think were, like, yeah. There's going to be a big catalyst moment the, the next. I think it's right. very sim symbolical that he's breaking out of a prison, and we've, like we mentioned. And yeah, I think overall, still amazing show. So glad we get it. You yes, know, I think yes. uh, part of why, why we're getting different things out of it is because, for example, I'm like not the like I'm I'm a diehard Star Wars fan, but I'm not the type who's sitting mm -hmm. here and reading every book and everything. I'm mainly there for all the live action stuff. 
but I've been pretty invested in all of that. So that I've always had questions about the bigger right. picture. So when I'm coming into the show and they're giving me all these answers where some of it is things I've wondered and things that I was like, oh, I, I should have thought about that. But like now that you bring it up, that's amazing. Um, so I'm I'm getting that. That's why it's reminding me of Star Wars, where I think for you, you're coming in a little bit like you watch the movies, but you haven't been as invested. Right. So when you're watching this, you're watching yeah. it as a like, that's why it goes back to social commentary for you, because you're watching it as a normal show. Yeah. Where yes. for me it it is social commentary, but it's social commentary for Star Wars, where hmm. you know, like we're building this world. This is the most world building we've gotten in Star Wars in so long, and it's going so deep and so hard and planting right. so many flags that, like, at this point, it's really it's 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 becoming it's going. There's going to be like an Andor handbook where there's so many little things hmm. that they explain, but they make right. everything else just more fleshed out. And for that, I'm totally right. here for. I'm so so curious to see where we're going you know like for the first eight episodes first season incredible so far what and, they've yeah dude um that's amazing like if like it's only eight episodes and you go back to mandalorian the first season that was eight episodes i think the whole show yeah, something like that and like you 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 think of and that was like a great show but you compare obviously that has a that has a totally different like thing a structure. totally different vision that that yeah. and structure that they had in mind so it's not supposed to be like yeah, just like that's this, more but, like villain of the week type, like monster of the week yeah. situation. Where and, and just following this, there, there's a small threat that connects them all. But every yeah. week, every week he's on a different planet with different people. Yeah. Where they yeah. they toned that down in season two, but yeah, here it's like we're just watching mini movies, and I love yeah. it. But but it's like, and it's like the plot has like gotten so much grander at this point, where you're just like, holy crap! Like I, I I'm. That's the stuff, like, even for me, like, like you said, I'm not a Star Wars fan boy in that sense, but I enjoy Star Wars and I'm, and I was, I'm, I'm excited. I was very excited throughout for them, the way they built the Star Wars world for someone like me. Cause I always get confused with too many locations and the names and stuff. And, and I loved how they slowly took their time to introduce locations, introduce you characters, introduce you tech, all these kind of terminologies that I'm like, even for someone like me, like, like I mentioned a lot of times, I can suggest this to people who never watch Star Wars and who have who think of Star Wars as like maybe kitty junk in a sense like right but i could tell them like yo you could watch this and it's not just a great show it will actually get you into Star Wars the way they've built up and the way they've they're not cynical about any like they're not like oh we're an adult show and we have to sort of keep the Star Wars aspect of it at bay they're like fully uh like fully putting their arms around Star Wars and saying this is the world we live in and we love it and we're going to just show you an adult themed show within this world and we're going to show you star wars along with it that that's the stuff i love about this so far yeah again yeah. i cannot wait to see the next episode episode nine third one is always the best out of the three hmm. so yeah very exciting very exciting times good yes. time for star wars there's also uh tales of the jedi just dropped i have not had hmm. chance to watch it yet but on the list very excited to see what else we're going to learn this week but yeah, yes. I think um, let's call it here for this week. Episode 8, Nakina 5. We'll meet you, everybody, Nakina back five. next week. Right? Yes, sir, for episode 9. So, Shabs, why don't you sign us up? Thanks for tuning in, guys. Please like, subscribe, uh, hit us up on in the comments, in email, uh, anywhere you want. You can You can find us on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, YouTube now. You can find clips of us on YouTube, shorts that we that we just take out and 
We also talk about random other things. You can find that on YouTube. We'll put some of that. We'll put trailer reactions. So uh, look forward to that. Look forward to you guys subscribing. Give us rating five stars if you can, if you like us. Let us know how we can improve, what kind of content you want to watch or hear. Uh, you want it longer, shorter, everything. Anything that comes to your mind, just let us know. And uh, we, we're, keep, we're working on growing this and improving day by day and looking forward to doing more things. And yeah, I think uh, stay tuned and see you guys next time. Not even next week because we might do other stuff in the middle. So stay tuned <laughs> for that. We're we're gonna we're gonna diversify a little more from not just Andor, but talking about more pop culture, DC, Marvel, that kind of stuff. Trailer reaction. So watch yeah. out for those things and stay tuned for that. Looking and last thing that. is uh, our Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania trailer reaction is now live on all podcast services. And by the time you hear this on YouTube, it should also be yes, on sir. YouTube. And check that out. Let us know how we're doing. It was our first trailer reaction. Very curious to see how first trailer reaction. Thinks. Yeah, we went frame by frame. Yeah, let us. We might we might work on the format a little bit, but yeah, <laughs> let yes. us know. Yeah, we're very very excited to upload that and to hear what you guys have to say if you yeah. guys are able to see it and uh, give us all the kind of feedback that you can. Yeah. And yeah, uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Have a happy ending and take care. Peace, everybody.